like pretty much went rogue investigator on them. Yeah, it was wild. All right, well, I am officially back, and things seem to be working don't, well now. So, listen, don't you worry. Patreon's got tons of content they're getting right now. <laughs> we, yes, we're recording. <laughs> Uh, okay well in any event uh you ready officially yeah yeah i'm yes. good all right three two one welcome back to the abner podcast guys i'm your host freeway and i'm here with my co-host kenny and also we Damn. have a returning special guest and friend of the show and my pupil stango so- you can tell frazier was just troubleshooting and not in a good mood because for the last 17 <laughs> episodes i've been the wonderful co-host the great co-host yeah awesome. he, he just today i'm to just like the way. today i'm just I'm fucking here with Kenny, all right? (laughs) (laughs) I was having some technical difficulty before we officially started recording this episode. So, uh, and and technical difficulties definitely drive me batty. But in any event, we are back and this is post YCS Philadelphia. So YCS Philly just concluded this past weekend and it was, it was nice in, in the sense of seeing everyone again. Like I really enjoyed that. In fact, I, a lot of people expected me to play a lot of Edison and, uh, you know, they had side events and all that stuff as they usually do. But I saw a couple things that deterred me from that one. Uh, mm-hmm. the actual lines mm-hmm. for the side events were just out of this world. And then two, the organizational structure of the side event area was not there. I have been to YCS wow. Pasadena last year and I've been to Oh, I didn't really go to the 250th, even though I went to the 250th, but that's a different story. Um, oh, yeah, to- we're still waiting on OnlyFans, girl. We got to get her on here. Well, we're not on episode <laughs> 169 yet. This is episode oh, yeah, That's right. I forgot there was a rule. I forgot we said, okay, good. No, we're good. I just, I, anyway, I just want to talk to OnlyFans, girl. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we're about 19 <laughs> episodes off from that. Uh, and I still have to even secure that, but I'm, I'm hoping that I can get her on. I should be able to get her on. Uh, but anyways, yeah. So I looked at just the way they had the side events area set up and it was just a mess to put it lightly. Like it was just absolutely a mess. And then Stango was also mm. telling me like, yeah, this shit's mm. really bad. And then all my friends mm. who came up to me were just saying like James Ark. Uh, I ended up meeting with beast mode. I ended up meeting with, uh, one of my teammates, Jaina. I met with, apparently I, I, I saw Sonny. I didn't know that the person who was playing James Ark uh, was actually Sonny, but I, I met that person as well. Sonny as in Sonny top cut podcast. That's Sonny. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that might be them. Uh, also uh, Vincent Zen, yeah. Vincent Zen was there. Uh, met up with him so a couple people from our actual discord and patreon and stuff like that actually showed up and met with me and that was pretty cool uh but i had no real incentive to play because of like i said the organizational just piece of it and also i met with a couple friends from out of state who i haven't seen in actual years and they were like hey like do you know places we can go around philly to like grab a drink or grab food or whatever and i ended up just hanging out with them basically the whole weekend like that i just literally ended up only being in the convention center for maybe two hours each day. Like I wasn't really there, uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, like a very long time. I spent majority of the day in Philly just doing other things. And that was really, really fun for me. I got, I had a really good experience Friday. We went to one of my favorite places called Mission Taqueria. So I made like a recommendation post on Facebook of about 10 places that I recommend people go to for different types of cuisine and drinks and all that stuff in Philly. And I ended up going to them myself because literally, I mean, if I'm going to recommend it, right, like I'm going to eat there too. But uh, yeah, we ended up getting like margarita pitchers and tacos and churros and all types of stuff. It was really fun. And then we went to Reading Terminal one of the other days. Uh, and that was really good, even though outrageously crowded as usual, but yeah, I had a, I had a really good time, but I actually ended up not playing in any Edison side events also because I just feel like at this point they need to change the mat. So the mat is still light and darkness dragon. The mat has been like, it's, it's been a while like that mat for, for like over 
over two years now, right? No, Pretty not much. two not two years because Edison is relatively new at Konami. So it's been it's been about like eight months though. Um, okay. So that's still a very long time to just have the same map be given out as a prize, especially when yeah. California ran 107 of them. So that was 107 mats given out in California, and then that was. That's not even including the ones that were given out in Pasadena, which was in November, and then all the other ones in like Minneapolis yeah. and stuff like that. You get six months from me, all right? Six months, I feel like it's good. That's two a year. Even yeah. six months is a lot. Yeah, but I I agree. I, I I would like it to be like every three months. That So what I want to happen, this is like my ideal world scenario, even though it'll never happen with Konami, but my ideal world scenario would be every three months, they change the Edison mat to an Edison car, which they already started on now, like Dr. Dragon. They should change it. Like next one could be Substitute. The one after that could be like Blackwing Clue. Ah, yes. yeah, yeah, things that I've never gotten a mat to would be cool. Like Substitute is not. It doesn't have its own mat, right? So that would be cool to just have substitute on a mat, uh, you know, a swap frog mat at some point, you know, stuff like that. That'll be really decent. And they change it every three months because this what this will do is it will make people like me who have already won several of them in the past incentivized to play and get the new one because not only will the new one be different, but it will also cost money. Uh, what's yeah, happening yeah. right now with the Light Darkness Dragon mat is that it was $300. And it is now $100 and probably will be dropping below $100 if they just keep on printing them for the remainder of these events. Yeah. So that's kind of unfortunate that something that was considered at first like a really prestigious thing and a collector's item and all this other stuff is now just kind of like they just gave out so many of them supply and demand, right? Like it's just the supply has got market being flooded with it. Yeah. For the last eight months, every event has this mat at it. And that's the other thing, like you said, is really true. Like if they're if they're doing this time wizard format and they want to keep pushing it and get people to come out, someone like you and not just you, many other people, yeah. if the reward for winning is a mat that I already won six times, what incentive do I have to enter again? Right. Like, like you so still I, want so I my just money. Won't. Yeah, and that's what happened. I, I I weighed the options. I was like, okay, I could play in Yu-Gi-Oh side events this weekend, and that's basically what I've done out of state when I first went to an event that had these things, or I could actually just enjoy my city with people who haven't been here and God knows how long. And when they were here, they didn't really know anything about it uh, and just have that experience. And I chose the latter because it, it yielded more fun. Like I was like, I'm just going to frustrate myself playing Edison format only to win a mat that I already won. But what I will say on the flip side of that uh, is that Stango and Gary both were able to secure a light and darker strategy mat. So I'm really proud of both of you guys for, you know, being able to play in these side events. You guys only played in one on Saturday and both of you won your pod which was really good. Uh, a lot of the pods were not run well. And what I mean by that is that you would enter, it would be like an hour before they call your name. And then sometimes people just didn't have their name called at all. So the side event would fire without them, which is really unfortunate. It happened to me in California. So I know it happened in Philly. Uh, mm. So you, you just be like waiting on something and apparently you just miss it. Yeah. To- it, it's, it's even worse than that. And on top of it is that um, I was a part of a pod that was getting called in 22. Um, and I've like literally heard in my eardrums, them called 21 and 23 back to back while I was still waiting. And I was like, mm, I didn't hear 22, but I yeah. went up to the desk and I was being reasonable. I was like, okay, I'm going to be very real. I can see universe that I did not hear them call 22. Yeah, and somehow they're doing that. I mean, how wild is it that you entered a side event in 2022 and they didn't call it still, and it's this late in 2023? Like that tells yeah. you right there how bad things are being run. Yeah. So I, I'm like, okay, that's fine. I'm gonna go up. I'm gonna be like, hey, did they call 22 yet? You know, I heard 21 and 23. I may have missed it. Yeah. They're like, no, we actually haven't called 22. I'm like, okay, well, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> so, anyway, so then you just, so then you're just standing there in front of the Konami rep, confused. 
Yeah. That's like when you go to the deli, you go to the deli and you get the number and it says like 37. Yeah. And you hear them say 46. And you're like, wait, hold on. And then you look at the guy and you're like, what number are you? And he goes, I'm four. And you're like, what is happening? (laughs) Yeah. So it's like that happened. And then what, what happened after that is that I gave it another 10 minutes. They're still moving on the higher numbers. And I'm like, okay, like I need to get an answer here. And they're just like, actually, they just fired off 22 at this table. If you go over there, you should still be able to, you know, present yourself. Uh, Big card was at the table that they told me to go to. So then I just realized that no one actually knows where anything is and no one is organized (laughs) or like keeping calling the shots correctly. So I was able to eventually get it figured out with, you know, someone who appeared to be the leader of the clueless. Um, and like, this is not to knock anyone who was working the event and stuff like that, right. but it's just like, cause it's really not on them to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Like it, it's just, it's just unfortunate because the, the, the organization w- just brought a really bad experience that like, I almost considered not entering another one. Um, mm. when I already paid my money, I, they gave me the option for a refund or refire with my same payment for another one. And yeah. I was like, okay, I want to play, so I will enter another one, but I will for sure not enter another one after, after I complete this. Yes. Because when this lose, is you're like, I'm good on this. Yeah. yeah, that's really unfortunate that it left such a bad taste in people's mouths because you weren't the only one who I heard this exact same line of thinking where it was like, yeah, I entered. I still haven't heard my name called, but I heard the one called after me. Also, when I did the podcast uh, a couple of months ago where I went to either Pasadena, it had to be Pasadena. I went to Pasadena. I had the exact same experience where they called the number after mine. And I was like, did they Just- call 118 yet? And they were like, no. But I'm like, well, they're on 120 right now. And they're like, yeah, 118 hasn't fired yet. And I'm like, well, if 118 hasn't fired yet, how could 120 have possibly fired? Yeah. I don't understand how... I'm going to just go with the eight months figure, because that's what Fraser said earlier. Yeah. If it's not exactly that, then roughly that. No, it is, because October was I just Chris think, LeBlanc won again, and that was that was eight months ago, but go ahead. After eight months, like, you've got to iron out. The, like, yes. these issues should be fucking ironed. It's 100%. been eight months? Yeah. Like, the company hasn't ironed out these issues? Like, what are we doing? Well, if you well, want to be real technical, it's been longer than eight months, because these are just side events. Like, this is something that's not really new. Like, side events yeah, aren't yeah, new to yeah. YCF. They've always had side events. They just now have Edison side events, but they're the exact same as, like, a Winamat for Modern, right? Before they played the other side event. It's, yeah. yeah, so basically what we're really saying is that the side event situation is just not figured out in general. It has... It's not just the time wizard stuff. It's like if you want to enter anything, you want to enter Attack on Giant Car, um, Win a Mat, Rivalry of the yeah. Warlords, anything, like they're all just I kind will, of disorganized. I will definitely say from like the consensus of just like, you know, random people around me getting frustrated as well. Like it was not just exclusive to Time Wizard events. Like people were getting screwed over on Big Card and Rivalry. Yeah. Like it That's was just something all... you've gotta have fucking ironed out. Like I mean, they do everything on paper. And there's like one guy who's doing it on compute on on a computer. Bro, and it was, not even it, it was not annoying. even like low tier random local fighting game events. Do they like they're like sign up on challenge? Like yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's another and thing. It, I heard that electronic the electronic stuff wasn't really working well that weekend or something like that. Somebody was like, "What's going on with the electronic pairings and all?" And I'm just like, "Oh my god!" But side events yeah. should be electronic too. There's no reason that side events can't just be an electronic thing where you get a buzz on your phone when it's time like meet here so it'll say like meet near table whatever for a side event one table i table j yeah whatever 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 it is and it'll and that'll tell you directly where to go your phone will get a notification everyone has a phone everyone's on their phone it would be the perfect solution to all of this 
There's um, even Wi-Fi like in the venue itself. Yeah, you know? there's Wi-Fi. There's also just you know I I had service. I don't know how everyone else's thing worked out, but and then of course if somebody is like not showing up and seven out of eight people are there, then that's when you can say, okay, this is an exception. Let me make an announcement. Hey, we're looking for Fraser Smith. Your side event is starting without you. That's the usual announcement that I'm I. I've become accustomed to hearing when somebody's late for a side event. Uh, but sometimes they either just don't make it and they're like, screw it. Uh, or they make it and you're like so far away that you don't hear it. So it's, it's just, yeah. I don't know. It's one of those things that definitely should be ironed out by now because again, eight months or eight years side events have been a thing forever. And I feel like there's no reason why they can't just have a bit more of a grasp on how to make it run smoothly. But um, it also just, it running smoothly only benefits them. Like yes. it makes it so that more people want to enter and it makes it so that like more people can enter. Like yeah. if it runs more smoothly, that it will in fact benefit them. It, it's Dude. more beneficial for the staff. It's more beneficial for the consumer. And, and I think it would raise their profits. Yeah. yeah. I mean, to, to even speak harder to that point, Kenny is actually a hundred percent right in that case for me, because I was planning on entering at least two, yeah, but I could only enter one because I had to take the train back home. And like from the time delay of my original pod being so screwed up and waiting for my next one, I, I realistically could only enter one like comfortably without. Yeah, but if it was a good day a and shit were moving, you might have entered three. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with that. Um, I spoke to Nazar, who was at the event, and he was saying oh, he he got into a bad situation, right? I think oh, like I a similar a similar thing. I well, don't I'm know sure if it he, was I'm sure him. He did. I know he won at least one of the pods. I, I think he only entered one though. But I think that he mm. did have some like nonsense going on where his pod took forever to fire, and then it might have fired without him, and then he had to do the refund and put me in another one thing or whatever. But he was yep. saying how it's crazy to me that a company who can literally print money like this, uh, it's in their best interest to just have as many of these run as possible. Like if 170 of them were capable of being run you want to run all 170 the fact that mm -hmm. you only ended up running 60 of them is ludicrous because that's just you're missing out on so many profits like we're in a capitalist country right like we all know it konami is a capitalist corporation like it you know there's no secret about it like they want to make money they do things blatantly to make money and running as many of these events as possible is you know, go straight to the bottom line. Like that helps them to make more money. I think if I were running a business, I would want to run as many GOAT format and Edison format side events as possible. And if there is a break somewhere in the chain, I would definitely want to figure out why there is, why it exists and then also fix it. So that way things can run smoothly. So there should be a designated person to just make sure that things are running quickly. Like literally a person dedicated to just that. Like making sure mm -hmm. that making sure the side events specifically are running smoothly. That is their sole job. That is literally what they do. They're like, okay, so we ran 117. What's taking 118? What are we waiting for? Oh, two more people have to enter. Okay, the second two more people have to enter. I'm gonna wait for them and then we're gonna head here and we're gonna do this. And then we're gonna assign a judge. Just make sure that there's no breakage in anything. Like that should be someone's job at this point, I feel like. Um yeah. but yeah. So how did you feel entering your pod because i know you won uh so just talk about like the matchups you played and all that stuff and what deck you used you know give us the whole show yeah, yeah 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 of course so i mean as far as uh entering the pod um this was i believe i think technically my third in terms of edison because i played um i played mod modern Yu-Gi-Oh in paper yeah i think this is my third edison paper event that i played in it was one whole um you know holmes um au uh, local that you and I went to yeah. the PS5 tournament and then this um, 
So I was feeling pretty good about it because I feel overall I've gotten a lot better at the game, um, playing on dueling book and stuff like that. Yeah, which is a hundred percent true. As far as like my paper play in terms of, you know, not fucking up with my cards and just general not getting nervous because it's like a different atmosphere. I felt really great. I pretty much was not nervous whatsoever the entire time we were playing. Uh, three rounds, played against Chrissius Warren round one, went two and one. Uh, Hero Beat, which I actually did play against Sunny. Uh, side note, the Top Cut podcast that you were talking about, that's not the same Sunny. Okay. This is like, a, this is like just like purely Edison format Sunny. I, I guess is what you could say. Um, and then I played a Lightsworn deck for the finals. Um, like it was kind of like, yeah, it was kind of like pure, but it did play like um, Chaos Sorcerer and stuff. Okay. So like, it's like, I forget what they call it. It's like a Twilight or whatever yeah, is what they say. Dark Monsters like Dark Arm, Chaos Sorcerer is probably Twilight at that point. Yeah, something like that. Um, two owed them and then two owed uh, Sunny the Hero Beat. Um, the event just really ran well like i didn't draw really bad i was on black wings i was on a deck list that you gave me yeah um just kind of like a simple game plan of just like play the broken black wing monsters roll oppression your opponents at the game <laughs> make dark arm dragon and a lot of those opportunities were were there um gary played the exact same thing and he won his pot as well he played the black wing deck uh just got people out of here real quick. No, you know, no issues. In fact, Gary apparently went back on Sunday and won another one. Yeah. Um, in terms Let's of, go, uh, in terms of, uh, my play and everything like that, like not many mistakes and I'm getting better at identifying when I do make mistakes yeah. and like where, where it comes and everything like that. Um, against the Chrissius Horn, uh, deck, I did side deck incorrectly game two when I was down Oh two, uh, down Oh one. Um, which could have been a pretty devastating loss for me because I did not side in anything for Consecrated Light. Thankfully, I just dark armed him out the game real quick with yeah. Whirlwind Shora. Um, and then game three, I had a pretty um, pretty interesting line that I ended up running into. I got him low enough in life points where pretty much Brio plus an arm wing would be lethal. He's at 42, that does 46. Um, he had a pretty impressive... like showing with his field where he like made a Goyo Guardian and a JD attacked me for a shit ton of damage. Um, and then I just pretty much just two turn clocked him the, the last two turns previously before that. So I just went Blizzard, make Brio, bounce, pitch of AU, banish for arm wing. And he's like, yep, I don't have anything. No gores, no trag, no nothing. And uh, went for game that way. Yeah. Yep, 46. So much round two, round two against Sunny. Um, Sunny's a really, really good duelist. Um, really good sport. Really play. Uh, he's my hero beat, you said? Yep, Diva Hero Beat. Okay. Um, really good sport, really good at the game. Um, unfortunately, I do have to say, and Sonny has said it plenty of times when we've talked about it after the fact, uh, like on Discord, that I kind of creamed the shit out of Sonny. It was uh, it was pretty bad. <laughs> uh, game one, I go first. Um, I pretty much open a hand of pretty much all monsters, like Sorokos and Shoras and Boras. So, but I do have one Icarus tech. So I just go set Icarus. Um, and then pass. And I don't summon any monsters. Because yeah. um, I want simple. him to try to summon Stratos and maybe I can like, sure, get an effect, get a big guy, start kind of the train rolling, maybe draw a whirlwind. Um, so he just pretty much goes Stratos, tack direct, sets like a back row. I normal summon Sirocco, beat over for 200. And we just start kind of trading that way. And eventually we reach a game state where I know Sunny knows that I have Icarus tack set for my very first turn. Um, but one of the turns, I actually drew a Solemn off the top. So I'm like, okay, this is going to be my big push. It's going to be Icarus Attack. He's going to go Starlight Road. I'm going to go Solemn. And this is pretty much just going to win me the game right here. Yeah. And it essentially, like, 
plays exactly out to that. Um, Sonny even, you know, vocalized in the middle that is like, oh my God, you're God. <laughs> and then it just pretty much was over from that game. Uh, game two, uh, what essentially happened is that, oh, no, no, actually, it's funny. Game one, I said something vocal to Sonny where he was just kind of getting beat down by um, Sirocco. And eventually he just like draws his card, sets it really fast and passes. And he's really low. I have a Bora and Veyu in my hand. And if I go special Bora and normal Veyu, it's lethal. Yeah. And I look at Sonny and Sonny just kind of stares at me, like kind of arms folded in his hand, uh, you know, hands folded in his arms, just kind of looking at me, seeing what I'll do. And I say to him like, Sonny, you didn't draw Mirror Force. I know you didn't draw Mirror Force. Come on now. Don't lie to me. <laughs> yeah, don't lie to me, Sonny. <laughs> so a special Bora, normal, normal Veyu, I get in there because as my sensei told me, they didn't draw that. They didn't draw the out off the top. Yeah. I don't believe them. I just don't believe you. Yeah, I don't believe you. So we win the game. Uh, very fun. Very convincing in that way. Uh, game two, it's just Royal Oppression City. He's starting to set spine Gillens because I stopped a Miracle Fusion. Uh, it's it's so getting crazy real bad. that Royal Oppression actually works against that deck because they're playing Divas and Miracle Fusion. So all their big pushes are susceptible to Royal Oppression. Strangely enough. Yeah, it was just like he hit the wind. The wind got knocked out of his sails as soon as Royal Oppression resolved. Um, I did misplay though against Sunny in game two, where I was in a really bad position after I did it. Um, effectively what happened is that he had a face up alias and he just goes summon alias set to pass. He doesn't even try to attack like my Soroka or anything or gem spark it because mm-hmm. he's super, super low in life. I misplay. I have an Icarus set and I end phase pop the two back row when I don't have a monster out to alias on the field. I just have a boar in my hand. So I'm literally just saying my deck needs the top deck anything to kill this alias yeah um obviously draw off the top i don't get it um i think i draw like a greffer maybe or something or no i draw blizzard blizzard's dead it doesn't summon anything i don't have any fours in the grave um so i set my bora and i'm just like well if i lose then like this is my mistake yeah um because i know the two back row i know one of them is a miracle fusion because it's been in there since 86 in the hand since 86, like since I've resolved oppression and it hasn't been set. So I'm yeah. like, okay, it's not a monster. It's probably like Diva or like Miracle Fusion. And then when he sets two, I'm like, okay, it's Miracle Fusion. Um, That's so I should have really went for the 50. Perception right there. Yeah. I should have, um, I should have took the 50 50 of hitting the monster in one of the back rows to snipe the real one because the real one was a bottomless. Um, so once I much, set the Bora, yeah. once I set the Bora, it's like, okay, here, here goes this. Um, he goes draw pass pretty much with attacking direct with alias. He sets, he doesn't send anything. I think it's another dead um, miracle fusion. Um, then we draw Greffer after I draw Blizzard last turn. And I have um, one piece of an arm wing in the graveyard. I'm like, oh, wow. I fucking top decked out of this. So I go Greffer, Prio pitch Blizzard, get Veyu, make arm wing, beat over with arm wing, and then tag direct for game with Greffer. Uh, cl- clutch it out there. But really pretty much low. made the game. Yeah, really, really low. Oh, wow. He was dead. He was dead to that. And there's a face of oppression on the field. Yes, there's yeah. a face of oppression on the field. Yeah, yep. so Blizzard so, wasn't good right there. Yeah. Yeah, Blizzard was awful. Um, because once the Bora hit the grave, like obviously I would love to go Blizzard, like make Goyo or something, or even like Brio for game or something, but that just it wasn't gonna happen there. Yeah. Okay. Um, I pretty much put myself in that position. Thankfully, right, my deck was 50-50. Yeah, thankfully my deck, you know, was kind to me and just gave me the out anyway. Yeah, it'd be like that. Um, fun fact about beating Sonny. Apparently, I am the only one that defeated Sonny at all during that weekend. Sonny went on a tear even beating James. Oh. Um, 
Yeah, didn't lose a single pot except to me. So yeah, you know, I know, feel myself uh, a little bit. Some people won multiple mats. I, Gary, apparently, Gary was one of them. Uh, my one teammate, Jaina, she won three out of four that she played in. She said. Yep. Uh, so there were a couple people who did leave with multiple. The one guy who I was playing, Anthony Pascarello, who was playing Frog, shout out to him. Uh, he's playing the Diva Frog deck with Maria Greets, and he ended up winning two mats, one on Saturday, one on Sunday. But they mm-hmm. gave him a feature match on Sunday, like a written feature match on the website. Uh, oh, that's while, cool. While he was in the finals of one of them on Sunday, I believe it was. Um, so that was really cool. I thought like that Konami just decided randomly to just like, you know what? We're just going to feature this match right here. You guys are in the finals of one of these one of these Edison events, and we're just going to put this on the website, just you know, showing more support for the format. Uh, but yeah, he got pulled over for that, and he ended up winning with the Frog deck, and so that was pretty good showing it having won at least two events there that I know of. Uh, and then also, I played him for fun. He was the only person that I actually think I played on Saturday, and we were doing a Frog Mirror match, but our Frog decks were very different, so it, it, it was a Mirror match only in the sense they were both running like 10 Frogs and Caius, but then all the rest of our decks were very different. Like, um, he didn't run Destalos, he didn't run Soul Exchange, stuff like that, uh, and I did, so that was really cool. But that yeah, cool. I, I cool that there's variety in that deck. Yes, you can run the hero package, you can run the straight monarch deck, you can you run can even run run fucking uh, what's his name, Turbo Rocket. Yeah, I was gonna say, well, that's the one that so my teammate Jaina, that's what she played. She won three out of four events with the burn frog deck that plays Lava Golem, Turbo Rocket, and oh man, that deck is so strong. Yes, it's very scary because if you don't, I, I think that so you know how the online Edison community is way ahead in terms of just the knowledge that the the fan the player base has compared to the people who just play in person well if you don't play online and you're not in like the message boards and stuff like that on discord or whatever you could easily get lost in what the hell is happening when you play against the burn frog deck if you if you you don't know that list like if you have no idea what's in that list they play yeah so so like you could you could be given a lot of going like oh you gave me a 3k beater well don't mind if i do and then they start flipping wabakus and magic cylinders on you like it can, if that, that catches you off guard, I think it's really bad. It's one of those decks that like you need to know what it is when you're playing against it in order to beat it because you could you could lose in a way that you just don't expect. Like you said, Magic Cylinder, also Marshmallow, randomly you attack face down mm-hmm. with a Lava Golem and it's like flip, deal a thousand. So you already took a thousand when you drew for a turn and you took another thousand when you attacked face down. So you're two thousand. You attack the other thing is Magic Cylinder, it's like such a good and everybody knows it's a bad card and that it doesn't it's a minus one right, it doesn't do anything one. to the field but if i give you lava golem and you try to attack and then it's take so three k to the face like oh my god yeah it could be as much as five thousand damage from just that because you get the lava golem you take a thousand immediately and then you attack you take three thousand so now you lost four thousand the lava golem is still sitting there unless you get rid of it so like he already attacked that turn you're getting no value of his Lava Golem. You're already taking 4,000, and if you don't get rid of it, then it's just another 1,000. So you end up taking 5,000 damage from yep. just Lava Golem, Magic Cylinder. Uh, and the, I think, thank God, Magic Cylinder's at one, but still. Yeah, imagine if Magic Cylinder was at three. Like, you would, you just pretty much could never attack with these fucking guys. I would also say that the format would be different if Magic Cylinder was at three. Low-key. I, like, I, yeah. I, I think Magic Cylinder at three would be toxic as hell. Yeah, like, I agree. Blackwing's doing that, right? Blackwing's playing three Magic Cylinder would be wild. Yeah, that's too much. I agree, because it like it's a card where at one, a lot of people don't play it because it's, it's not it doesn't really have a value. It's not, yeah, it's not yeah, powerful but enough. At to, three, yeah. I think it makes it so swingy because now it's just like now it just so feels swing. Yeah, you'd be so scared. Imagine being at two thousand and you want to attack, and you're like, like Fuck. where we're at in Edison right now, we're already there's already so many situations where it's like, am I really okay to attack though? 
Like you're yeah. worried about gores, you're worried about Trag, you're worried about Honest, you're worried about Clute. Sometimes your boss monsters can't deal with the D prison. Like there's so many yeah. attacks to worry about. And to throw magic cylinder where it's just like, well, I'm at like 22, and this guy I have on the field is randomly 28. Like, yes. Like, what if I fucking cause, attack and you kill me just now? It causes a lot of games to come down to that. And that's a scary, yeah. that's a scary feeling. Like, wow, this game is actually going to come down to if I swing, I might lose the game because magic cylinder is consistently, I mean, if it's at three, there's a 40% chance that your opponent open will win. Um, yeah. So that, yeah, that would be wild. That's wild. Um, <laughs> To uh, to go, that's a cool to go list. Further, I didn't know about that one. Yeah, the frog burn list. It was actually a really fun episode when me and Virgil recorded. Yeah, we scraped we, uh, everybody we played with that deck. By the way, like that episode is just an hour of us going around beating everybody like pretty bad. It's a it's a Rognak deck, by the way, right? Isn't yeah, it? yeah. He's the one. He got third place. I mean, Rognak. You know, just as a side bit, like Rognak fro- frog god. No one. Yeah, does yeah. Better. It's not. Even I close. knew. I heard about him making a burn frog deck, but I didn't. You know, I didn't know exactly what was in it. Yeah, yeah. you might actually enjoy that episode, Kenny. You should you should check that one out. It's uh, I watched a couple of them. I haven't seen that one, but I yeah. do watch a couple of no, them. I, I like I, I like listening to you fucking rage. Oh yeah, the, the last <laughs> as, one I just put out was gadgets. Yo, people came up to me at the YCS and were telling me about how funny it was when a guy played fucking Secret Village on a spellcasters on me, and I have like eight spells. They were like, "I love when you get mad. It is so funny." I'm just like, "You people need help." <laughs> like all oh, the help. Um, That's what it's about. Yeah. Um. To to finish out though, um, my last round in the finals was against like a Twilight Light Sworn deck. Yeah. Um, this guy actually um beat James and denied him. Um, like I think a chance in the finals in one of his pods. So I had a little extra motivation to to get this win. I was <laughs> just like, you know, I gotta I gotta get some vengeance for James. Um, I mean, it couldn't have gone literally any better. Like, uh. I forget exactly if this was game one or game two, but this is how I know I was playing pretty well because it was such a weird and interesting line. He had a really big ass Trigodi on the field after I was just like bore attack for like three turns. Yeah. And he was so low on life and I was going to let him attack when I had double Kalut in my hand because I wanted to like do something else with like Shora Kalut over and get a guy. But I was right. like, you're so low on life and you've let me beat your fucking ass silly with this Bora. <laughs> not beat your so, ass silly. So the Bora is not leaving. So I dropped double Kalut, and he's just like, damn, really? Yes, really. <laughs> and I was like, yes, this Kalut's been, this fucking Bora's been doing the absolute most to you. Yeah. Show me what you're going to do about it. The 4500 Bora? Yeah, because it's not going to be Trag. Trag's not doing anything to this guy. Yeah. Um, you didn't steal it. I wonder why he didn't go for steal, because I feel like Lightsworn plays Yeah, that was his monsters. misplay after we finished the set. He had a dead wolf in his hand. So, oh, like, I, yeah, yeah well, he just, like, he just... I mean, this is the thing that you, we've talked about in private. Maybe we even said in some recorded episodes, like, you know, you need luck to win. But, yes. you know, in a lot of different ways, like your opponent just misplaying is enough for you to win. Yes. And that's and like a prime example. So many games I play where I'm like, I should have lost. Uh, but my opponent decided that they wanted to lose instead. So it is what it is. Yeah. Like I didn't win that game. My opponent lost that game. And that's essentially what happens um, quite often. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that happens. And then game two, I mean, Gary watched it. It was, it was, it was a, it was a backyard barbecue. It was cook city. Um, he set plague spreader into my Shora. Oh no. He said plague spreader into my Shora. And I'm like, Oh, well, I've already wore one Shored. Like we're, we're doing the most. So what I went, he went set plague and nothing. And I'm like, Oh, you're not setting back row. He's like, no, I'm like, okay, draw. I draw whirlwind. I already have Shore in my hand. So I like, and I have real back rows too. I have like solemn. I have oppression. I have bottomless. Oh, I'm like, no. I'm making, I'm making stardust. But then I think to myself, I'm like, okay, I think it might be Ryko. So what I'm gonna do? 
I'm gonna world ensure I'm still gonna search Gale because Gale beats anything and I can get like a value with it. So like I'm still thinning through my deck, but I'm not gonna special Gale. I'm gonna go attack with Shora and he has to choose Whirlwind or Shora. And it's a plague. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, so I was no. just waiting for you to make the decision of, you know, pop my whirlwind and I still make Stardust with a real back row. Right. But now I get to keep everything. Like every whirlwind's still here. I'm still making Stardust. They use in the graveyard. I'm fucking hooked the absolute up. So Stardust is just putting it in, just like attacking, attacking. And he makes this really interesting play where I think I have a Bora on the field. I have Stardust Bora. He pretty much he's he he has no turns. He has that he's literally at 500 life points. And I remember this so clearly because he goes, summon honest. I'm like, sure. Because uh, I actually don't have a legitimate response, but I'm like looking around at my cards. I'm just like kind of thinking about what he's trying to do. Yeah. Because I think one thing that's really helped me with a lot of my growth as a player is that like I'm thinking about what's happening in the future and not, you know, having the pressure of reactively thinking what I want to do when I see a threat. Like, I'm like, where does this lead to? Um, because one thing that I can notice sometimes with me is that like, if I'm in a situation where I don't know the direct answer off the top immediately, and like, you know, a summon or a card activation comes as a surprise to me, like, I feel like I make mistakes very often. Yeah. I just like act too quickly because I'm uncomfortable. So as soon as he summons the honest, I'm like, okay, summon honest. I look at my cards. I, I look at his hand. I'm like, well, you have plague in the grave. You make Brio that gets oppressioned. Or it gets bottomless. You summon Lila, but you're already normal summoned. I'm like, okay, go ahead. Like yeah, I'm, like I'm like, you. yeah, like I'm, I'm like this, this honest. Like you have another honest. Like you're just gonna go honest, normal summon and just pass. And he goes battle. Sure, attack Boro. Okay, damage calc. I, I, I tell him like, okay, declare is fine. Would you like to proceed to damage? He's like, yes. Damage step. Nothing. I tell him nothing. He's like, okay, damage calc. I'm like nothing he takes 400 he's at 100 life points i'm like plague you have chaos sorcerer in your hand oh. so he starts picking up he starts picking up his cards in the graveyard and putting them in the vanish zone i just flip oppression before i even see the chaos sorcerer i'm just <laughs> like i'm flipping it and he extends the hand out and that's it yeah yeah i was just like you were like what chaos sorcerer really yeah i was like chaos sorcerer really he starts picking up the cards in the graveyard i'm like i i have oppression just like don't even bother put him yeah. there but yeah it's he's not coming out <laughs> yeah i think a big part of playing decks especially with traps is having the restraint to not use them when you don't need to like you look at the situation if he summons an honest and he has plague engrave and you are just sitting there with oppression face down like i don't care what your other traps are you're not really threatened by this honest right like it doesn't do anything it's like okay yeah like, like in that situation i didn't have any legal things to do with to the honest but yeah. like i i gave myself the time where i was like okay let me let me do an actual risk assessment to yeah, the like, situation what is, where and is not he get going stressed Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like, don't let your opponent stress you out when they do a, a little thing that honestly might not even be threatening to your field. So a lot of times people just do stuff just because they can do it. And that is, I always say, what's the difference between you and just a bot playing in your seat, right? Like, if, if you just activate Torrential on the first summon that happens, then you're no different than anyone else who plays the game on a very basic level, right? Like, oh, the monster was summoned. This card says when a monster is summoned, I can activate it. That is the most basic level of playing the game. But it's like, well, does that monster that was summoned do anything? Like, if they're just summoning a DD World Lady and attacking you, it's like, oh, I don't really need the Torrential that. I can just Kai's that next time when my Treeborn comes back. I'll take the 15. It's no big deal. Whatever. Well, not, I guess not Treeborn in that case, but like, you know, whatever. Something comes yeah, back. Yeah, yeah. Like, you got to draw yeah. all your back or something, and you're just like, all right, I'm just going to do this to it. Um, and I'll hold my Torrential for a later time. Like, I'll get too dandy 
tokens. I'll still have the torrential and the two Danny tokens when he comes back. And then eventually I'll Kaius it and deal with it that way. And if he summons more monsters, right? Because I'm going to go banish Drill Warrior, get the two tokens. And if he summons a second monster to clear both tokens, because he's like, I don't want to get Kaius, you're like, perfect. Yep. Now I'll torrential you. Um, and then that way you get your two cards out of the torrential. But a lot of people will just see it and just be like, you know what? I'm just going to torrential this right now. And it's like, well, 1500 damage isn't really that big of a deal. And I talk about this all the time, but I like using my life points as a resource and just, you know, taking damage in order to use my cards more efficiently throughout the course of the game. I think that's just how you get better value is you trade life points for a better position a lot of the times. Uh, and, and that is a format that is a slippery slope. It's a it's a it's a game that you need to know how to play well, because a lot of the format does come down to where life points are just because yeah. control is like the best card in the format. And people can randomly burst out a lot of damage. There's so many beatdown decks. It's like that it, it comes to a point a lot of times, and this is like true in every format of Yu-Gi-Oh! really, but like I, I make a pretty big understanding of it in Edison because I play it so much. Like there are some plays that you're strictly just not allowed to do anymore when you hit certain life point thresholds. Yes. And like that's bad because it's like a good balance where it's like I you trade the life points for a better position, but sometimes like sometimes you gotta drop your gores early. Sometimes yes. it's like your hand says like all right, your big Gores token is fine and all, but if you're at 12,000 life points and Gores ever leaves, like you're not allowed to summon anything in face-up attack position. You're not allowed to leave like your field to get torrential, torrential then you have no monsters to soak up damage. Like All those things now are not are like not favorable for you anymore. We had a video, our last video, actually, the gadget one, right? We played against a guy. It was the last duel, so we ended up losing against the Secret Village of Spellcasters guy, but then we played another person, and they ended up summoning a Stardust, which obviously is cracked against that version of the deck, because it plays like nine destruction spells. Actually, it might yeah. be ten. It's like three Fisher, three Smashing Ground, three Hammer Shot, and a Lightning Vortex. So it plays all these cards that Stardust negates. And Stardust, is, Stardust isn't even that good in Edison format, but like when you're playing a deck like that, it's actually a god card. But what ends up happening is he took so much damage in the early game that when he summoned Stardust, it got to a point where he had to put it in defense mode. And it was yeah. just like, well, Stardust in defense mm. mode is so bad. Like you might I remember saying like you might as well have summoned Thought Ruler and gain life on the, I had a Cyber Dragon on the field and he summoned Stardust and attacked it. And I was like, at that point I would if you're gonna put it in defense mode after like after yeah. one turn of it being an attack mode, you might as well have just summoned You do Thought not Ruler. put him in defense mode. Because yeah, Stardust like, in defense is terrible. Because like I get it, you don't want to lose life points, but he's, he's not defending you. He's not defending you at in defense mode. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, he ended up attacking just, me directly with a Stratos, I think, and I dropped Gores. And so now Stardust has to go in defense mode because you're at 200 and Gores literally attack over Stardust for game. So it's like, yeah, you would never it, do that if you had it's just there. A, it's just one of those situations where it's like, you know, I feel like when I first started out playing the game, I could see myself being in that position and being like, yeah, you know, there wasn't much I could do. I was so low. But like not really understanding. It's like, well, what 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 led to you being that low? Because yeah. when you're when you're in that point of the game, you must not have a strong assessment of how, like, where the tempo of the game is swinging, where it's like... Not only that, right there, you just summon, like Fraser said, Thought Ruler or, like, Colossal or yeah, something. Yeah, one of those like, two. Yeah. One if of, I'm at any of the guys, and I can summon level 8, and my opponent just has a Cyber Dragon attack and no back row, so I know my attack is going through, I'm even going to say, okay, I want to gain life, so I want to gain 2100, which will put me at 23, which is much more favorable. Also, it puts you out of brain control range, because Thought Ruler can't be brain controlled once you're at 2300. You just pay to, mm -hmm. you know, you just pay to pay to negate it. So Thought Ruler is really good there. Colossal is also really good if you're like, I don't believe you're going to have the brain control anyway. I'm going to attack over this guy. And then when I attack directly, eventually with the Colossal Fighter, I don't have to worry about Gores because Gores doesn't do well against Colossal Fighter. Mm -hmm. uh, but Stardust was like the worst one. I was like, you're not even it was it was the fact that he wasn't protecting anything. He summoned Stardust and just attacked us. 
and, and it was, was like, like open field after that yeah i was yeah. like well where are the back row at right like what are you doing why is there a stardust out there no back row so that was really weird but yeah life points are a slippery slope and just one of the things that you have to really know how to manage in the format but uh yeah. yeah overall i think the event was pretty cool i ended up meeting up with joji orlando and nazar sarhan um who are both coming back on a podcast really soon this year so we already me and joe literally scheduled so he's a teacher and his school year ends like june 20th i think he said so after june 20th he wants to come back on the podcast and then nazar said whenever basically so i can schedule him whenever i want uh but yeah those two are definitely coming on and i think there was somebody else who's who's going to come back on as well like uh, james arc was there we hung out with him basically the whole weekend too when i was in the convention center i, I hung around him a lot and i actually kept seeing him throughout the weekend in a weird way like i would be not at the convention center i would be like either at reading terminal or just walking around the city and i would just see him standing hmm. around almost looking like awkwardly or like aimlessly and i'm like what are you doing and he's just like uh i'm thinking about what i want to get for food and i'm just like why do i keep running into you outside of the convention center like not even directly in front of it or anything like it's like on a random street in center city i'm just like what are you doing that was <laughs> like, actually funny i here? saw I saw Vinny on my way uh, home um, Saturday. He was he was he was walking. He's like he's like, how much farther is the venue? I'm like, it's down on Broad Street. He's like, all the way down there. Yeah, <laughs> Vinny, Vinny, a big boy. He didn't like. He did not feel like all the way. Funny thing is, Vinny called me. We we got together uh, on Saturday. I went with him to go get food and dessert. So we ended up going to a new hot pot place called Happy Lamb. So usually we go to a place called Chubby Cattle. Chubby Cattle is by far the best hot pot place in the city of Philadelphia. It's actually insane. Um, they have Wagyu. It's also not expensive, which is the big thing. And they have all you can eat now for, I think it's $40 a person. I think it might be 30. And then after tax and all that, it comes out to 40. I forget, but it's really cheap and they do all you can eat. So you can order as much food as you want. And uh, it's very, very, very delicious. So we've been trying that out a lot. But then we found a new one that's also in Chinatown and around the corner from Chubby Cattle called Happy Lamb. And me, him, Corey Fowler, and Wayne. So the people who I went to North Carolina with, who all taught with me at that event, at the 2K, uh, we all got together and went to Happy Lamb. And we ate until we couldn't eat anymore. And then we went to a dessert place that I randomly found on Google that was uh, in walking distance around the corner. And it was called uh, a Moose. And that place, I added, I updated my recommendations list like right after we went because that place is insane. It has like a lot of different kinds of desserts, like cheesecakes and cookies and brownies and souffles, like all types of stuff, right? But what makes it so cool is that because it's like very Asian inspired and it's very decorative, the desserts, some of them are literally shaped as little bunnies, uh, shaped as little bears and all kinds of other animals and stuff with smiley faces and things. And it's it's really well done. Like it looks really really nice all desserts look so appetizing and so everybody got something different and we all basically tried each other's desserts and it was cracked out uh but yeah i ended up spending basically that night like saturday night with Vinny and the gang and it was awesome like we we got some really good food and dessert and so now that place is added to my list of especially because you know i like sweet stuff so i was just like oh man i'm coming back here a lot because every time there's a philly regional in two weeks like there is a philly regional right back in the convention center in two weeks same exact place two weeks from today so I'll be back there and probably getting hot pot and also a la mousse again because that shit was actually fire and I want to try this mango cheesecake that they had. It was so good. My friend had. It. I only got a little piece though. Mm. So that so that means you gotta you gotta you gotta show me that if you're yes. gonna make the recommendation list, you have to show your friends, right? I mean, if you if you come down for the regional in two weeks, we can absolutely get a we can actually get um hot pot and uh, a la mousse. I'm totally down for that. Like that would be really yeah, fun. Like, sounds, we can all go meet me, you, Gary, uh, whoever wants to. All all are invited. It's a uh, yeah, all are invited. It's a pretty good place. Happy Lamb. Yeah. 
But okay, so that's basically the YCS stuff. Um, things coming down the pipeline as far as like who we're bringing back on for Yu-Gi-Oh! talk episodes and stuff like that. Uh, next, me and Kenny are going to be talking about this PlayStation showcase that aired mm. basically at the end of last week. So PlayStation- Can I just say, first of all, I did not know it was going to be an hour. When you, you linked it to me and I was like, all right, cool. Like, I got it. I watched it last night because yeah. I just working, hadn't had time. So last yeah. night I'm uh, playing Zelda and then... <laughs> I, was talking to, I was talking to Connie, uh, my girlfriend, if anybody doesn't know. We were talking, we were like, hey, when we eat dinner, I'll throw on the PlayStation Showcase, we'll watch it together for the podcast tomorrow. She was like, alright, cool, how long is it? I was like, I don't know, 20 or 30 minutes. Yeah. I, fucking, I fucking turned it on, and like the video is like an hour and 19 minutes. I was like, what the yeah, fuck? Yeah, it's long, and uh, so if you want, you can hop off now. If uh, we're just going to rant about this because this showcase was not very good, if we're being honest. Yeah, I mean, the the only thing I have to say, I don't know if it's the same exact showcase, but whatever showcase had the Metal, the, the metal Gear remake, I'm yeah. all for it. Yeah, I'm that, all that, for it. That, you know? There were three three or four things that were good out of it, but they also showed like 20 different things. Oh. And that, that there were only like, if you if you have a, uh, a test and you only get three out of 20, right? You failed. So, yeah, yeah, yes, you did. So. Yeah, I'll say the Metal Gear thing I thought was hype. I will say, I don't know if you guys got a good look at it though. His like fucking bandana is like fused to his head. Like, if you look at the picture, oh, it looks that. really weird. Like, his bandana is like his skin. Like, it looks so fucking weird. Yeah, but yeah. But overall, Metal Gear coming back is hype, and the fact that they're remastering uh, or remaking, I don't know, the old games, uh, and then there's a brand new Metal Gear coming out uh, is dope as shit. I don't know if Kojima's working on it or not, but... I believe the rumor... Yeah, I believe the rumor of it is is that, nope, he's still still blackballed from from Konami. Well... It's still cool that Metal Gear is coming out. When they when the music started and everything, I was like, oh, shit. Oh, like, you're right. I just pulled up the picture of, uh, or I pulled up the video, and I see his headband. It is yeah, like, you can see his frowning expression. Yes, you that's see his frowning like, expression. That's been that way for a very long head. time, though. It's so yeah, funny. Yeah, but it looks, it looks bad. Really, it looks like he's got a really pretty. predominant eyebrow. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right, but yeah, I'll, I'll I'll head out for this. It was uh, it was good talking about the yeah. Yu-Gi-Oh stuff. You yes. know, glad that you don't I have was to head out, to... but you can head out. No, 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 I'm I'm heading out. I was told to leave. That's that's what I inferred <laughs> no from this. No one told you to leave. I just said no. You, you told did. me to leave. Say it. <laughs> okay. okay. I want you to say it. Leave. Leave. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Fine. Okay. Be that way. <laughs> I'll see you guys. See ya. That's like when someone's like. Uh, Oh, I'm like, oh, guys. Like, I want to do this. You know, I'm leaving. I'm not going to beg you to stay. I don't know. Remember, remember, um, remember, uh, what, what's it called? Poor house girl or, uh, oh, yes. <laughs> from the oh, Friendsgiving. Oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. guys. I'm leaving <laughs> again for the eighth time. Yeah, guys, I'm leaving. Not in case you can't. I'm going to take this I'm really like, long walk really late at night. I'm just one lonely yeah. girl with two bags. Yeah, two bags. Hopefully, th- does anyone want me to get them anything or maybe stay or talk? Just kind of like out there. And Fraser's like, you guys are monsters. Yes. Literally horrible. American Horror Story. All right, I'm out. All right. All see right. This thing, but um, yes. I guess jumping to the beginning of the showcase, right? Yes, the beginning uh, of let the me showcase. Just, I want to start off with this. I'm, it comes on and there's a I can't remember the name of the game. I should have asked Dango while he's here. There's a game that I thought the first game was right, or maybe the second game. I, I thought don't the first know. game was Starship Troopers. If I'm being completely honest, you ever see the movie Starship Troopers? Yeah. 
So Starship Troopers is a game where uh, humans are fighting these insects on, on these weird planets. They fight these gigantic insects and the humans have heavy artillery, like AKs and all that stuff. Uh, but it is one of my actual favorite movies growing up as a kid for some reason. Like I ended up watching it a lot and it has a lot of funny humor in it. And like, I don't know, it's just a pretty, it's a pretty good movie series. I think there's like two or three of them. They might've made more of them, but I just stopped after a while. But the first two Wait, are good. Are you talking about the first game or the second game that was shown? That you thought was Starship Troopers, because it sounds uh, like you're maybe talking about the second game. Yeah, it, it, it was whatever one where they were gunning down insects, which I think was the second game. But I couldn't tell. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna be honest with you, Kenny. I couldn't tell what was a game and what wasn't. But it was the one where the guy was speaking like propaganda. So it was yeah, like, yeah, it, yeah. It, it was, was the a guy. Game. Okay, so it was a guy doing recruits. I just sent you a list in the group chat. I don't know if you see it. So this is every single yeah. game. So I think it was called Hell Divers Two because it says Starship Trooper vibes. Hell Divers Two was the game that I'm talking about. So here's here's what annoyed me okay it, it starts off with like a gun game like they're robbing a bank or something right yeah. and you know whatever cool i'm like oh you know whatever that looks cool and then like the second game is like a propaganda thing and it's like hell divers and it's like they're a shooting shit shooting, on another yeah. island i was like all right well, whatever i was like, okay like i want to just i want to see something different like i'm getting like gun overload like i don't care right now yes, and then it gets you. to the third game and i was like okay yeah. this looks different like it's like magical or mystical stuff um well, no hold on actually when the third trailer starts, I, I literally said out loud, I was like, it's going to be another gun game. And then it starts and it's like magical, mystical shit. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this might be interesting. This might be like an RPG. An RPG. And then they're just, it's just a magic gun game. Yes. Like it's just another yeah. FPS and he's just shooting magic bullets instead of gun bullets. Literally and I was like, that. oh my fucking God, it's another gun game. It's a first person shooter game. But instead of literally using a gun, the guy's hand is outstretched on the screen and he's just shooting bullets from his from his fingers. It's like, it's like, bro. Yeah. Also, I think it was poor taste for them to line up three basically shooting games in a row because I got confused. I couldn't tell when the trailers were actually switching, to be completely honest. It was uh, like, like I, it obviously just... the magic one looked different, but the first couple of games just look so similar. Which is, mm -hmm. you know, gun, like running gun that I just thought that there was one long ass trailer for some running gun game. And I didn't realize that these were all it, very different games. It exhausts me just because, like, I've gotten out against gun games. As everybody knows, I randomly became a Fortniteer. But, yeah. and gun games are, but at the end of the day, the gameplay loop of gun games is, you know, at the end of the day, it's a first person shoot. You just shoot in first person and, like, you know, whatever. I don't know. But, uh, three gun trailers in a row is exhausting. I'm like, oh my, please, yeah. Lord, set, show me something else. Yeah, and then after that was something called Ghost Runner 2, I want to say. Uh, I don't know. A lot um, of these games, if I'm being honest, they just look kind of soulless. So the Ghost Runner game, I thought looked, I mean, first of all, it was a breath of fresh air. It looked like something different from the last three games. Um, it looks like Sekiro or something like yeah, that. Yeah, like I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, Ghost of Tsushima looked, type vibes, right? Like that Yeah, yeah, yeah. It looked cool. Um... It looked like one of those games that like is fun. Like I would definitely try it if it was on Game Pass or something, which is an Xbox thing. Yeah. But like if I, if it was on Game Pass, I'll definitely like, oh cool, I'll download this and try it. Um, and the then you know whether first, or not I really like it. But. The first thing that really made me like perk up a little bit was Phantom Blade Zero. Uh, yeah, yeah, this yeah. This game, so it looked like Monster Hunter. I when I first was watching it, it's like a guy running through what looks like an ancient forest of some sort, right? It looks like a Monster Hunter map, and he has a katana on his back, and he has armor on. And the way he's running, the way the graphics look, it's like raining and stuff, and there's like little creatures and stuff around. I legit was like, oh, shit. Yeah. Is okay, so that's the game I was talking about. I forgot about the motorcycle game. Um, yes. Oh, okay. Oh, so when I was saying yeah. uh, Ghost Runner 2, you thought I was talking about the, the Phantom Blade game. Yeah, yeah, because that the Phantom Blade game reminded me of Sekiro 
Okay. And like, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. And so I thought this is the game that, that I thought. Game, I thought that game looked cool. I would definitely try it, like I said, on Game Pass or something. Same. My only real gripe with it so far is like, I hope when the game actually comes out, like if I were to try it, not that I don't even have a PS5 right now, but I hope it's not as dark as it was. Look, everything looked cloudy and foggy. Yeah, and like, there's not much color. The screen looked really, it. really dark, and I hope that it doesn't always look like that. Yeah, some people enjoy that type of thing because the only colorful thing I see is the blood. Like as the, as the guy swinging his sword and cutting things, you see some blood splatter, and that's the only real color. Everything else is very dried out, like very dreary looking, very gray. Everything's like a is like a veil of gray on everything. Yeah, uh, yeah. But yeah. the game does actually look good. Like if I'm going off of graphics yeah, when they and showed, combat system, when, when they showed like that girl's like head that was like cracking and yes. turning, I was like, oh. Oh, I also like the mask dude who kept switching his face and switching his voice. Yeah. He was like, here, we all wear masks. And then his mask would change. And then he would say something else. And the voice would be different. Then he would say something yeah, else. Yeah. And the mask yeah, would yeah. change again. I thought that that was really cool. And then they showed some boss fights. And I saw someone using the weapon that Gogo from Kill Bill used. Um, it was the exact mm-hmm. same like chain weapon with the, the ball at the end. And then you can you have the option to make it into like a spiked spinning yeah. weapon. He was big. He looked like fucking was. like Astaroth from Soul yes. Caliber. He, like, was he was huge. a big motherfucker. A very big uh, disparity from a, a young high school girl swinging it to a gigantic brolic ass dude swinging it. Right. But yeah. yeah, this game actually does look decent. And again, I thought it was Monster Hunter at first. I didn't see Capcom, so I was like, it's probably not Monster Hunter. But I do know that there's supposed to be a Monster Hunter like Paradise in development right now, uh, which will be on the next-gen consoles like PS5 and Xbox and PC. And it's going to be really high graphics and just basically Monster Hunter World 2. I would um, love if that actually released the same time on PC, but it probably won't. Me too, because I actually t- I already said that I would like to play the next Monster Hunter game on pc uh i'm just tired of pc getting like so many cool things including like i like the mods i've seen when i watch i watch a lot of youtube channels um and i've seen them play on pc with all these crazy mods where your main character is like sanji or something well that's the thing on pc like not only can you get mods here's the thing monster hunter at the end of the day the game is about wearing clothes yes okay literally that's what the, whole, the whole game is about getting clothes and it's a game with a ton of different clothing options so mods gives you more ac- access to those but also gives you access to more fights like people have modded in monsters into monster Hunter world true. yeah that aren't in world but there's people in the game like i think somebody tried to mod like legiacris into yep, that's true into one of them either world or rise i don't remember which one um but yeah i mean the idea of there being more boss fights and shit is really cool. Like, it's the same thing with Cage 3. The next time I play Cage 3, it is going to be the PC version because I've already played through the game like four times. Yeah. Um, and next time I play it, it will be the PC version. And I'm going to play through the game like as Riku or something. And there's a bunch of dope ass mods with like more bosses and shit like that. So that's just really fucking exciting. Like, I don't know. Mods add so, so, so much to games. Yeah, I 100% agree. I like the idea of mods. Uh, me and you already agreed a while ago that the whole point of Monster Hunter is like grinding and re- repetition and like getting your charms and your clothes and your uh, weapons and stuff. So we don't have any intention of using like the cheats that people do to just get everything because that takes away the whole point of the game, in my opinion. But yeah. as far as just the mods that are cosmetic, I'm a, I'm totally down with using cosmetic mods. Like that is not uh, yeah. a question. Like I'm not For trying sure. to modify my charm to be like that. Be- I don't want to just be like, oh, I just have all the God charms. And is that it's just. Man. You have no reason to play the game. Yeah. Like, like people, people are doing that. That we played was the grind those charms. People are doing that in, in the new Zelda. Uh, it got patched out, but there was a duping glitch in the I new saw. Zelda. Yeah. You and could dupe, like diamonds, you could do like all kinds yeah. of coins and stuff and like so, that. 
it's patched out now, but I saw people saying like, first of all, complaining that it got it patched out. And second of all, also I saw people literally saying like, I'm not updating my game yep. until I dupe 999 of like that. all of the upgrade materials. And it's like, well, if you have all of the materials in the game at max, like what the fuck's the point in playing the game? Like, I, I don't know. Like, yeah. There's no reason to play the game if you just have 900. If you have 999 diamonds, then money no longer means anything in the game. Correct. And like, I, I don't know. It's just shit like that is so stupid to me. Yeah. Anyway, moving on. And I agree with you 100%. I, I think that like, when I was younger, I liked to use Game Shark and Action Replay and stuff like that on games that I had already beaten. Uh, and that was fun, right? Once you beat the game, you know, you could go and do whatever the hell you want with it. But before yeah, you yeah, yeah. even beat the game or play through the game, if you just go in and alter it like i I just think that's wild i don't know uh, there was this game that they show called neva though on the playstation showcase oh did you want to say something else kenny i was gonna say the next game was sort of the sea i thought that looked cool not much to say about it but i thought it looked cool yeah it's like not a game that i would buy right away but it's definitely like it's a game i would want to play but not necessarily buy sort it right of the away sea. let me see what this looks like uh i know i was watching the trailer for this a bit oh sort of the sea yeah i saw okay this looks really colorful really this actually does look cool i'm not really sure what the point of it is though yeah, yeah, I don't know the point of it. If the, is it might like if the point is it's just like a magical Tony Hawk game, like that's definitely because that's kind of what it looks like. He's just kind of like skateboarding, he's going up half pipes. Yes, like that looks fun. Like I wouldn't go out of my way to buy it, but I definitely want to play it. Yeah, the world looks so looks empty fun. though in terms of people. It was the landscapes are beautiful and the backgrounds and stuff like that. The areas you go to were beautiful, but then when I was looking at it, it was just him the entire trailer. Yeah, so yeah. that kind of made me a little turned off. Uh, but the one that I wanted to really talk about was, I don't know, something about this trailer was like emotional. It's called Neva or Neva. Yeah. Um, and it's the whole trailer is animated like a cartoon, basically. And it's like a bird falls out of the sky. And then this this woman, this like black woman, she meets this wolf or the wolf is already her friend. And the wolf also has like antlers. So it kind of looks like it's like a fusion between two things. And it looks mythical. It's gigantic, first of all. Uh, but she ends up pulling out a sword and they go fighting against like some forces of evil. And I think that the wolf ends up protecting her by sacrificing its life. And so mm-hmm. there's like a really sad moment in the trailer with this. Uh, with yeah, and then it's like, and then like the pup, the pup comes up and like she holds the pup. Yeah, it definitely was an emotional trailer. Like we don't know what the game is going That's, to be necessarily. Yeah, but, it's 2024. I don't know what, like there was no gameplay shown as far as I could tell. But, but it looked, I do agree that it looked, uh, intriguing like i'm that it definitely has my interest and i want to see more of it i I like those games like those indie games that have like story driven those indie art styles and yeah but they tend like for example um celeste i've talked about a bunch it's one of the best platformers ever made it you know it very much looks like an indie game it is an indie game it has a surprisingly good story like it's just like about a girl who's depressed and uh she goes to like this mountain and the point is she wants to climb to the top of the mountain and like look the world from the top of the mountain and she's like doing it as a way to like help deal with her depression like to get out and do something yeah. and so the platforming of the game is you essentially getting up this mountain and then like other shit happens um but it's an awesome fucking game technically one of the best platforms i ever played and then like the story is just really charming yeah i uh again i like those kind of games as well as far as just watching them be played not necessarily playing it myself because again i just have not been gaming as much as i used to i basically pick and choose two games a year maybe three and i like play those and i play those pretty hard like this year for me was octopath traveler 2 so far that's the game that i played the most that's the game that i've i've come the closest to beating i actually still haven't ended that game but i, I already have like 
Ooh, it has to be like 60 plus hours on that game. So I I really played that game. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. I've gotten my characters all to like level 80 something. There's only 99 levels. I got every single job class. I got all the ultimate weapons. So only thing I have to do now is go around and complete the characters, individual stories. I did a couple of them, but there's eight characters. So there's like a couple more to do. And then eventually, I'm sure like every other square game, you do all of the stories, you beat a final boss, but then there's a real final boss after that. That's like, mm-hmm. you know, this is the real final boss. Just like Octopath 1, basically. Um, so I need to do go through and do that. But uh, I haven't really played anything else. I still have to play God of War Ragnarok. I'm not sure where I'm at in that game. Last time I played it was literally last year. It is now June, basically. So I have not played that game. I've not turned my PS5 on in 2023. That is an actual fact. The, the system mm. has been on my desk and has not been turned on intentionally. I did accidentally turn it on one day because I touched the controller. Um, I have not intentionally turned my PS5 on in 2023 yet. And that is crazy to me. I spent wild, almost $600 man. on the that's, system. That's a problem. So one thing watching the showcase is there was a couple games. I was like, that looks pretty interesting. And then like to kind of skip ahead and then we can, let me just look at real quick. Let me just go through. Well, actually, before about this Home Stars game, because this is basically. So, okay, hold on. So let me just say this. So first of all, the Talos principle, that looked interesting, but whatever, moving on. I think Neva does look really cool. Yes. Cat Quest is a game, a series that's already out. I think it looks interesting, but I've never played it. Okay. Foam Stars. <laughs> first of all first of all the name of that game is horrible uh, i think foam stars is a terrible name it reminds me of playstation all-stars yep. there's something i'm going to bring up later but and i know this game is made by square but there's something about sony that annoys me when they say things like they're bringing in innovative experiences to gaming and they just copy nintendo it's just like whatever yeah but uh foam stars that trailer starts and you see some of the most generic anime characters i've ever seen in my yep. life right super generic anime characters uh that one girl there's going to be tens of thousands of porn over but that aside um the trailer starts and then like you said it, it's just a fucking splatoon ripoff is they're just splatoon. splatooning around in the trailer but then i'm like okay like this could still be cool i guess yeah. they show the actual gameplay <laughs> and it might be the most low budget mobile yes. phone game i've ever seen in I my life i was gonna say to you did it give you phone so low it gave you Bro. mobile vibes, right? Yes, it looked so fucking low budget. Like it looked like a cell phone game, like a really you know low how you scroll game. Instagram and eventually you find a game that looks like it just has that mobile game to it, and it's not a real game either. It's just like a fake game on Instagram. Yeah, yeah, it's just like an ad, like a yes. game, because like they know that you're a gamer, and so they send you yes. some fucking fake ass game ad. Yeah, like Vagrants of Aster or something. <laughs> It'll be like. <laughs> it'll just be the most generic looking anime when you said generic looking anime characters that's exactly what i thought and i said this looks like something that if i was scrolling instagram after about 10 posts i would come across an ad for a video game that's not a real game and it'll be like yep. vagrants of aster the most exciting new rpg you have to get on the action <laughs> and it'll just be like everything about it is just generic reskins of other games Dude, that's that exactly exactly what this shit is man yeah, and then it's a reskin of splatoon. The thing is, it is literally that it's fucking splatoon and it's just it's but shameless it also, too. it's a shameless oh my god it is a shameless ripoff it looks so fucking bad man i don't know i don't know who uh got square enix to make this game but square you gotta just stick to the what you stick to the good shit man i will say this I've become used to Sony and whoever is leading their, you know, development division, uh, copying Nintendo and failing miserably. Because if you think about in the past, there were Smash ripoffs. 
that came out back in the day. And they would be like Cartoon yep. Network or whatever. Yeah, uh, Cartoon there, Network one. There was... Or PlayStation. There was a PlayStation one literally with like all the PlayStation characters basically, uh, you know, and they would all be fighting like Kratos and, and Crash Bandicoot, etc. And those games always failed, right? Like they were always bad. They never compared to Smash in any kind of way. They never really had a real competitive scene. No one really picked them up and they just, they just fade off. Just like yep. every other Smash platform fighter that came out in the last like two years that also we don't hear about at all anymore like they're all just dead because none of them have the essence of smash and even if that's just simple as the physics or the hit confirms the way they feel and sound like smash is just so refined at this point and even back like going back to melee like i think just like the sound of hit detection and the gravity of hits in smash feels so much better than every of every one of these ripoff games that have come out from these other uh developers they just don't quite get it right it's a very difficult balance to to get, and PlayStation All Stars did not get that balance. And this Foam Stars game is also like this game is going to be. And so I heard about this game before the PlayStation before I saw the PlayStation Showcase. I was streaming one day, yeah. and somebody like linked it in chat. Uh, and then so me and Bill watched it, and Bill was like, "This game's going to be dead in the water." He was like, "Every time somebody makes a game that's a blatant ripoff of another game." Like it is all, it's just like a dead in the wall. Like week one, every streamer will play it. They'll be like, you know, get the views for week one. And then right. the game absolutely nose dives off a yeah, fucking cliff. Just tanks. Multiverse. Multiverses was the biggest game on the internet the week it came out. And yep. now the game's fucking out of service. <laughs> <laughs> they literally don't, like the servers just aren't up anymore. Wait, like are the game. Yes. Oh, oh, Multiverses is out of service. Like that game's done. Like the game's just done. Yo, so I didn't know if I was talking on my ass a little bit a second ago when I was like, all of the platform fighters that have come out in the last two years are just like dead. But like you're telling me, literally, the game is like out of service. Like that shit is decommissioned. Yes, yes, it is done. Like you can't, you can't play the game anymore. Like you it's can, a dumb you game. Can't play it with people. Like that's that's yeah, for damn like, sure. Well, that's you couldn't hilarious. play it with people when it was online. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> I had no idea. I literally just realized that I hadn't seen it talked about or on YouTube anywhere in mm-hmm. over six months. And to me, that's just like a dead game. Meanwhile, Smash Ultimate is out here thriving, despite the fact that Smash Ultimate had probably the worst year of a Smash game since Melee, like early days. Like 2022 was really bad for Smash Ultimate because a lot of um, a lot of sponsors, a lot of companies had announced they were shutting down. The Smash World Tour at the end of the year did not happen. Yeah, and yeah. that was a really big deal. It was really depressing for like the whole. And Smash all through community. 2023, there's been a lot of bad news. But even through all that bad news, the Smash community th- fucking survives. Like well, it just keeps it moving. There's there were three events this past weekend. There was MomoCon, there was Combo Breaker, and there was one more. Uh, and all the top players went to all all three of all three of them. Right, like they were spread mm-hmm. out across all of them. And there were like a 10k pop bonus at one, a 5k pop bonus at another, and a 7k pop bonus at another. So these games, like Smash, despite all the shit that happened in 2022, and even some of it happened in 2023, like Tweak and MKLeo got dropped by their sponsors, and they got picked up by Luminosity. So now those two are on the same team now and stuff. And like, there's just a lot going on that was negative, but somehow, even still, the community just went back to like, okay, well, we'll just take care of ourselves. Like, we don't need these big time yeah. companies to come in that like, no, they only here for the profit or whatever, you know, if they get out of it, um, it's fine. Like we can, we can, we can do this on our own and it's still just surviving. But yeah, these, these mock mockery versions of smash, they come up and they have these big prizes at first, right? Cause that's always the lore. They, they'll be like LeBron James is in the game. Arya Stark's in the game. And then the, the tournament is a hundred thousand dollar tournament. And it's like, that's great to get like the people who just want to win some money, but these games have no soul. 
Yeah, the the physics of that game was just not it. Like it was it was just unfortunate because it had a pretty cool cast, but even yes. the cast wasn't the best, but it did have a cool cast. Like there was a lot of characters in there that I was like, I want to play that guy. Yeah, I want to play Bugs Bunny, and then he, apparently he was actually like absurd. The way the game plays, like it was just like it's just not clean. I need all of these fucking ripoffs to just like, I don't know. Go go look at melee and like use that as the starting board. Yes. Because that's the game that survived 20 plus years. Yeah. So use that as a starting board. And then, because Melee's not perfect, take some of the ideas, the advancements that have come through the years, even yeah. in Brawl to Smash 4 to Smash Ultimate. Like, yeah. Actually look at the fucking games and really understand them before making one. Because just, just fucking making platforms and having your guys jump around is not doing it. A hundred percent. So, yeah, I... Uh... Seeing these rip out, like, again, this all goes back to the Foam Stars conversations while we're even on this tangent right now, but... Yeah, that game's going to be fucking DOA. Yeah, that's just crazy that I learned um, at this very moment that um that other game, I don't even know what it's called, but that shit is decommissioned. That's funny. So I'll say this, the first game... That's what it was. And this is definitely just, like, some Kenny shit, but I think I, I think there's probably a lot of other people, too. The first game that got me super excited, because I, I really like that Phantom Blade Zero game. I do think that looks cool, yeah. but I'm... I'm, it's not like I'm not running out of my seat for it. Like, yeah, man, you don't day, really play those. Like, we don't play Ghost of Tsushima and stuff like that. It's not. Yeah, we yeah. can respect that those games look cool and they're probably amazing, but we we don't personally like play those games. But this next game, the Plucky Squire, legit. I got fucking hype for this game. The so it starts. So, yeah, it it it's so cool looking to me. It starts off as like a little storybook. Like yes. you're in a storybook and your guy and like your party members are like walking around inside a storybook and it's like an RPG or whatever. And then at some point you leave the storybook and you're like in a kid's room and like you're going through like Legos and inside like doll houses and like you're fighting roaches and shit. Yeah. Um, and it becomes like 3D. Yeah, it becomes a 3D game in the kid's With room. Completely and you go, different graphics and everything. Yeah, and it's like you're a 3D game, different graphics, running around in a kid's room, and then like you go back in the storybook, and I was like, this game looks fucking like this game. Um, looks like it has soul, like yes. the opposite of a lot of the other games that I've that me and Fraser both felt like were really soulless. Yes, this game looks problem. like it has a lot of fucking soul, regardless of whether or not it'll be a game for you. It's a game that when you look at it, you go, oh, whoever made this game cares about it. Like yeah. this game looks fucking like they care about it. It looks like somebody's passion project type thing. Like somebody, yeah, somebody so. dreamed of making that game for a very long time. And it's not just a cash grab or anything like that. It's a game that's well thought out. And it's something unique that I haven't seen before. Uh, the other game, I'm going to skip ahead a couple of games because after yeah, the fucking yeah. Spire is like Teardown. And then there's Metal Gear Solid. Game looks like shit. Correct. Metal Gear Solid, <laughs> uh, Snake It and all that stuff. I mean, Metal we Gear Solid, looks, about that. it looks cool. But then the one that got me, it reminded me of Dark Cloud, the game from a long time ago. Uh, this game called Towers of Agaspa. Mm -hmm. So it just looks, you because you end up building your towns and stuff and the ecosystems, it looks like you basically set them in motion. And like, it gave me Avatar vibes, kind of, like the blue people Avatar, I mean, in the sense yeah, yeah. that it's like this foreign world with all of this new ecology. And then the main character, he goes around doing like some kind of farm farming type stuff, right? But it doesn't look like a farming sim at all. It just it looks yeah. way more epic than that. Like he's flying I, through the skies and stuff. As far as I can tell, like you're literally rebuilding the earth or some shit. Yes. Um Which reminds and it me looks really, out. really fucking cool in that regard. My only complaint with this game is that a lot of the main characters, like movements and modeling looked kind of janky to me. Yeah. And so like, I don't know much about this game, except it does look fucking epic. Yeah. But I'm worried that it's going to have kind of like, I think it's like a, 
I don't know who's making it. I don't know the studio. I think it's probably a really ambitious indie studio, though. Like when um that one game came out, um No Man's Sky. When No Man's Sky oh, came out, yeah, I, remember that. I don't think people realized. I didn't know at first. I don't think people realized that was an indie studio. That game was shown and presented like it was this huge AAA game. That game was made by like 22 people. Um, which is extremely fucking small. Yeah. And uh, they promised and showed things that they couldn't deliver on. And so when the game came out, the game was not at all what everybody thought it was going to be. And uh, so this game, um, it looks fucking epic, but some of the animations made me feel like this might just be like an indie studio. And so I want to see more of it and see what actually happens when it comes out. Um, Because it looks like it'd be a fucking blast. I just, you know, hope that it actually is, and it's not like a No Man's Sky type scenario. Agreed. All right, moving right along, we have Final Fantasy 16 has yet another trailer. So this game is officially coming out, I believe, June 22nd, uh, something like that. So it'll be out at the end of June. I'm very happy because Kenny has Tears of the Kingdom right now. I do not play the new Zelda games, so I have really nothing to play outside unless I want to go back to, like, playing God of War, which right now I just don't have the motivation to do so. But Final Fantasy games bring out something in me like i said the only game i played this year really was octopath traveler because i just i'm a sucker for rpgs i can't help it yeah, i love rpgs i love turn-based rpgs and i also happen to love action rpgs as well uh, final Fantasy 7 remake is one of my favorite games and this game looks fucking amazing like i'm just hoping to god that it doesn't suffer from what happened to final fantasy 15 and i don't think it will but final fantasy 15 for people who don't know the problem with that game was that they released it when it wasn't finished and it was blatantly unfinished in the yeah. sense that the story was missing chunks of it that came out later and i mean much later as dlc content like character development stuff about each of the four uh, main characters stuff about your father stuff about your upbringing there's like a time skip in the actual final fantasy 15 game that they don't really explain when you play the day one version of it, but then like a year later, they fill in a whole chunk of story. And that really made me mad because I actually liked Final Fantasy XV, but I could not bring myself to like, I couldn't justify the storyline to anyone. I couldn't justify like, yeah. honestly, anyone paying for the game because I was like, do not buy this game. Like, it's not good. Like, it's, you had fun with it, but there were so many issues that yes. allegedly, did you ever go back and play it after it got fixed? Nope. Because nope, I'm yeah. one of those people that once I move on, once you give me a bad experience, even if you correct yeah, it yeah, later, yeah. I just feel so disrespected that you took my $60 plus tax gave yeah. me something that was incomplete and then later, like, and I mean, again, much later, it wasn't like I played the game for probably like a good two or three months straight. And I was waiting for like something to come out. By the time it came out, bro, it was literally like eight months to a year later. Like yeah, I'm done. A, I'm done with the game. So I'll, I'll say this: I don't think, obviously, I could be wrong. I don't think 16 will have that problem because 16 wasn't in dev hell. The problem with 15 is that it was in dev hell for fucking for a decade. Yeah, it, it started off as a as it started off as a final fantasy 13 and then 14 came out which is an mmo and then finally that game came out as 15 switch developers switched not developers but switch directors tatsuya nomura was no longer the lead director and mm -hmm. the whole the whole shebang of 15 so i think it was in dev hell for such such a long time and pretty much every game that's ever been in dev hell has released um mediocrely that one i think duke nukem game was in dev hell and when it finally came out it sucked FF15 was in dev hell, had a bunch of problems. Uh, Cyberpunk 2077 was in dev hell, finally came out and fucking had a shit <laughs> yeah. on a bar. Yeah. So 
you know, whenever a game's in dev hell, it's you should never be excited for when it actually comes out because it's there's going to be a problem. But anyway, yeah. FF16, here's the thing with this game with me. Every time I see a trailer for this game, I go, oh my God, this game looks so good. This game looks so fucking fun really and sick to me. Uh, the Not this trailer, but the last trailer I saw where it showed that you play through this game with this guy's life. Like you play as a teenager, as like a 20 year old, and then like as a late 30 year old or something. Yeah. I was like, this looks fucking awesome. The gameplay looks awesome. Um, I, I'm Everything about this game has me excited, but I'm also not excited at all. And that reason is just simply because I don't have a PS5 and it is just nowhere in the budget or plans for me to get one. So like, I know I'm not playing it day one. So it's yeah. just like, what? Uh, this is not so just like, PC. Uh, is this a, is it exclusive? I don't. Mm, I don't. I don't, no, I don't know. Actually, don't. I don't uh, know. let me see. Final Fantasy sixteen. Uh, I'm just gonna Google real quick. PC. If it is coming out on PC, I probably do need a new graphics card though. Yeah, I probably. Well, yeah, and I'm gonna play it on PS5 because I need a reason to actually use mine. But it says if you're hoping for Final Fantasy sixteen to come to PC as soon as the exclusivity window for PS5 ends, producer Yoshida has some bad news for you. Uh oh, this is not oh. good. Yeah. All right. Well, I- I'm not gonna read this yeah. whole article, but it says like. Yeah. Here's the thing. I'm going to get a PS5. I just haven't had any big incentive to do so. Yeah. And um So there's an exclusivity window on it, which I think that's what a lot of people have been doing in terms of just to sell yeah. consoles, and which is what's gonna happen with Monster Hunter, right? That's just gonna come out on just like PlayStation and Xbox for a while, yep. for probably a year, like literally a year, and yeah. then it'll come on PC, which is so obnoxious. Uh that's what they did with uh Street Fighter Five. Um it was exclusive. Thing the ps4 for like a year before it came out on pc and i don't think it ever came out on xbox um but yeah ff16 i everything about this game i'm like when i i can't wait when i actually do play it yeah. i don't know when that's gonna be though because that's the other thing by the end of june i'm still going to be playing the new zelda game yeah and like i'm not zelda cutting that long. game short yeah like i'm not cutting that game short, short like there's still so much i've progressed the story a lot more since the last time i talked about it but there's still a absolute metric fuck ton of shit to do and like i'm still loving every minute of it so i don't have a ps5 i'm not gonna rush out to get it and yeah but that said every fucking trailer i see of this ff16 game i'm like oh my god if i did have a ps5 and if zelda wasn't out i'd be creaming my fucking jeans right now and that's where i'm at right now because i just need something like that to play like the main character i hate his name clive but he looks actually i actually kind of like that name (laughs) <laughs> okay, maybe it'll grow on me, but right now I'm not a fan. Uh, but he looks cool. You have him as the background for this episode. Yeah, yeah. And honestly, just looking at him standing there with that fucking buffed ass arm with Ifrit's arm, I guess, and that sword, the cape, yeah, he's he just nasty looks looking. he looks insane. And I like the fact that you play as basically Ifrit's like, I don't know, Eidolon dude or whatever. Uh it's just really cool. You mm. you just look insane. I also like what I understand from the story based on the trailer and that every Final Fantasy game has something to do with crystals, right? It's just like a motif of Final Fantasy. And I like what the crystals are in this game is like you're destroying the crystals. Like you're going, that's what we found out in this trailer, at least. I don't know if it got revealed somewhere else, but you're going around and it's like the crystals, like we've been tied to the crystals for long enough. And it's like, you're going, and something that probably won't happen, but what would be kind of cool is if this game marked like, a change and like ff17 just had nothing to do with crystals because like yeah. 16 they destroyed all the crystals i don't know but i think it's really cool like i i like the motif and idea and like the switch on what they're doing with the crystals or they're destroying them and like the crystals have been like taking more resources from the earth and they're actually giving and uh destroying the earth 
and people didn't realize it or something like that. I don't fully really yeah, know. We don't but... know the full storyline, but I have done a lot to not dive too far into whatever people have mind about the game or know about it already. I'm oh, yeah, I don't know best. any of that shit. Like, I'm trying my best to... I, like, I, didn't, I didn't even know that we were destroying the crystals, if I'm being completely honest. Like, I'm just kind of like... Oh. My, well, I mean, it was just, it was in the trailer. I, when I, I was okay, just saying so what was in the trailer. I'm I, sorry. When I watch these trailers for games that I'm going to play, for some reason, I kind of cut my brain off a little bit and just look at the visuals. Mm-hmm. And, and that is just because, like, just like you, when it came to that Zelda trailer for Tears of the Kingdom, I just feel like too much was given. Like, I... There was a lot given in that fucking Zelda trailer. Like, like, like Ganon blatantly saying, like, you know, this is the revival to King of Darkness, or whatever. I'm just like, bro, like, that's such a big deal. And like, they showed him. You know what I mean? Like, Ganon looks different in every game. Like, he looks different in every single game. And and Tears of the Kingdom, obviously, he looks different than he's ever looked in any other game before. But like, yeah, there's yeah, a yeah. lot, and that that trailer was like four minutes. And the Final Fantasy trailer not the one that was in the showcase, but there was the one that came out like a couple weeks ago. We covered it, and that one was long as hell, and it just it showed so much. It did it, show, dude. It showed, it showed so, so fucking much. It showed they, so much. They go ham on these trailers, but I, I think I don't know. I'm I'm pretty interested in this game. I don't know yeah, what I'm. I'm going to play, play it regardless. Don't get me wrong. It's so I'm, fucking. I'm cool. going to day one play it. I'll probably it looks stream. Clean. I'll probably stream my, like my day one uh, playing uh, just because. So whereas God of War, I actually did stream God of War Ragnarok when I first started it. And then I just started playing the game by myself just without actually streaming it. But Final Fantasy, I'm going to play it without actually giving up on it out of nowhere because it's a Final Fantasy game and I just don't do that to those. So yeah, yeah, I'll yeah. be like consistently playing it. Now, whether or not I'll be consistently streaming it is a different story. But at least the day one, like when I first crack it open or whatever, or download it, I guess, when I first download it and like play it, I'm going to take a week off of work. Um, I will fully Dude, be that's like, what I did with Zelda, man. I took yeah. that. I took off that week and I was just like, I told them and I did. In case anyone's listening, I told them I had to go to New York for an important thing. And I did go to New York. Okay. <laughs> Just in case anyone's listening. <laughs> yeah. No, oh, good, and, good choice. And Connie, Connie had to go to a wedding. Oh, okay. In New York? No, no. She went to Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> but whatever. Like, as long as you take your week for a game that you really, really care about and that you're really going to play hardcore, I think that's one of the best things we could do as adults because it's hard managing actual life with being a gamer. Like, it's just, yeah. it's, it's a lot. And then me and you are content creators on top of that. And so it's a lot, but uh, we, fig- we figure it out. Like, the games that I really want to play and beat and all that stuff, I eventually always do. Like, I'm going to eventually play through and beat God of War Ragnarok just like I did with 2018. And when I finished 2018 and I revealed that Atreus was actually Loki and, like, Everything about that game, um, when I look at the whole picture of it, I was like, this is one of the best games I've played, like, period. Every time there was banter in that game, right, between you and Atreus and uh, Mimir, the little head on your shoulder, or not on your shoulder, on your waist, every time there was banter, and it would, like, stop when we get to a little, like, when I dock, me as a person, like, I chose to dock right now, and then they would stop talking, like, let's continue this discussion later, and then I would get back on the boat later on, and they would continue and pick up. I'm like, that's mind-blowing to me. Like, that, yeah, yeah, that's that is fucking mind-blowing to me. So it's such a good game, and I'm gonna go back to it, but because of when it came out, it came out in November. November for me is not only my birthday, but it's also Thanksgiving, and then right after that is Christmas. So, essentially, a game that comes out in November is always gonna be hard for me because of how much time I spent with family and friends. I did yeah. my birthday, Thanksgiving, Friendsgiving with you guys in New York. And then right after that, it was like, okay, I have to get a bunch of work done at actual, like for my actual job because we're all going on Christmas break and New Year's. And then once the New Year started, it was like, I haven't played this game. You're just on the, yeah, you're on the new shit. Yeah, November, I think was the same time Pokemon came out and we were all fucking 
glitched glitching out. Yeah, glitching, out, glitching out literally on the big screen. Like I got Just to watch you guys glitch out on the on the big screen. <laughs> Fuck. Oh my that god. Game. That game. Game was not in the running for game of the year. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I think I do think though. And granted, FF16 is not out, so I don't know. But this year's game of the year, like last year is Elden Ring and God of War. This year, it's going to be between Zelda and Final Fantasy for yes. sure. Which yes. is definitely like, a t- like that's a great like That is a great, right for there. gamers, that like, is a great year. Right? That's a heavyweight fight right there. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I guess last year was also because Elden Ring was like outrageous. Yeah. I know people... Like, the thing up. about that, though, Elden Ring was outrageous. Yeah. But even though it is like from the people that make the souls games elden ring was a new property so it's not like okay what i'm saying is that like final fantasy and zelda is like a story they're yeah, both yeah, story property before we were born yeah yeah yeah, yeah. So, so they're like they're they're up at the ring next and it's like oh yeah sh-. like zelda zelda and final fantasy predate our ability to play games yeah so like, like, that's gonna be not, dope that'd be a dope time yeah that's really cool I, I i agree though i think that game of the year will definitely be between those two and probably some random game that we never even heard of that'll be yeah, <laughs> fucking yeah. running and we're like what is this nonsense that everybody like i see one of the trailers that uh I'm, i don't i want to go through literally every single one of these because we're so far behind yeah, yeah. some of them and some of them are just trash like yes let's be real but like i saw dragon's dogma 2 and that game, even though I've never played Dragon's Dogma myself, my my best friend from my childhood, oh, I'm with you. I've never played Dragon's Dogma, but that game looks so. When sick. I say I it looks never amazing, played it. it just looks like another like Elden Ring game. But those games always yeah. look amazing. It looks like Oblivion. It looks like Elder Scrolls. It looks like uh, what's that Skyrim? Like it, it has that vibe to it. And mm-hmm. I just know that that game is also probably going to be in a conversation if it's good. Like it just has that. It has the essence of a of a Grammy Oscar darling, right? Like, yeah, yeah. You know, when they, whenever this kind of game comes out, it's going to be a darling of the awards. So I could see that game also being in a conversation. But then Street Fighter Six is coming out. I know that's yeah. a big deal. That's coming out I mean, very I soon. Hate, I hate how bad the created characters look. That's how it is, like in every game. I feel like, but yeah. I hate the way the created characters look. And people on the internet's not doing us any favors. Every created character I've seen on the internet looks like a fucking looks nonsense. But um, Street Fighter Six actually. As somebody who's played like every Street Fighter and who did not like Street Fighter Five, um, from what I understand, Street Fighter Six, I'm kind of like I don't know if it's just because every girl in that game's got a fat ass, but I'm kind of interested in Street Fighter Six. Like it, <laughs> it looks fucking dope, and it's coming out on everything. I think at the same time, it's not exclusive. I think it's coming That's out good. on everything day one. But Street Fighter Six does look sick. I was watching uh, Justin Wong do cami combos on YouTube, and uh, yeah, because the beta you know, the, came out last week, I think. Yeah, and uh, it looked dope. Like Cammy's Cammy combos look fucking sick. Cammy has always been amazing to me. Yeah, so Cammy Cammy looks even nicer. Um, I love her redesign too. I think her design looks really. I heard people people are fucking stupid. People are bitching that she's. I don't know. I'm not even. People are dumb. Cammy looks sick. I love her redesign. Her her outfit looks sick. And um, yeah, Street Fighter Six looks dope. I think um. People need to get more creative with their creative characters, but uh, well, that's dependent on if the game allows you to, right? Oh, uh, the game lets you fucking anything. Okay, it's like it's like a very in depth like create mode. Like you can do a lot. Well, me like, and Shaman, you, Shaman's character looks sick as hell. Me and you are notorious for staying in the character creation screen for a very long time. My first, like, no exaggeration, two and a half hours of Monster Hunter Rise, maybe three hours, was in the character creation screen, just making sure it was exactly what I wanted. And bro, I wanted to kill myself when... I was like, all right, I'm done. And then it was like, all right, now you got to make a cat and a dog. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, that's wild. And then <laughs> I, was like, I didn't know out, how to do all this. Come to find out, you can just customize most of the options anyway once you get into the game. 
Yeah, it's yeah. Like at but, any point, you could just change your hairstyle. You could put fucking shit on your face. You could change your. You could change a lot of stuff. Uh, it should yes. just. They should just let you change everything. Like I, I hate agree. that you can't change your voice unless you like pay three dollars. Like yeah, I mean they did give us the voucher tickets, which I never ended up using. Like I could have changed my character a different gender, and you go back to the original character creation screen. Like you can completely mm-hmm. go back. Uh, you can keep your gender and do it as well. But I do like that that was a thing they gave us. Like I think I have two of them on my file. It just has like two vouchers. Yeah, just that, enough, just, just enough for you to try something different and then go. I want to go back. Yes, <laughs> which is honestly when you put it that way, I like that. I like because that's. Honestly, if, when you play Moss Hunter, you're going to be covered in armor most of the time anyway. Um, so you probably only need to change yourself to the opposite gender to see the armors and see how much you like them. And then after a while, you're like, okay, do I like these armors more or do I just want to go back to being whatever I was originally? And if they thought about it like that, I think that was really well done because that is how I feel about it now that you said it. Like, that makes perfect sense. Like, enough to just go to something else and then come back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's actually perfect. Uh, it would have been cheesy if they only gave you one. And then, like, you need to pay for you need to pay to get back. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Even though that would probably be in their best interest, because a lot of people would switch, and then they would realize, oh, I don't like being a girl. I don't like the girl armors. I'm gonna go back. And I want to go back. Or vice versa. Yeah. So. Um. Yeah, I I want to speed run a couple things. Alan Wake two. I never played the first one, but it was a game I always wanted to play. I actually really interested in Alan Wake. Um, but I've never played it. Um, Assassin's, Assassin's Creed. Creed is a game that every single time, and by every single time, I mean like twice a year, because there's an Assass- Assassin's Creed is like Madden. Um, <laughs> every time like I see a, every time I see Assassin's Creed, I go, this game looks so fucking fun. Yeah. But every time I've played an Assassin's Creed, I'm just kind of bored. Um, so I don't know. I hope I've this never played better. one, but my one uh, friend Thomas is like his favorite game when we were younger, and. Yeah. He swears by them. He plays them. He 100%s them. He does all the cool stuff that you can do. I never played them, though, but they look very cool. Like, they always look cool, even back when I was a kid. But it just doesn't speak to me. I always, instead of playing that, when that would be out, I would just play Devil May Cry or God of War. So that was that. Yeah. Like, and I only had enough time or, or, or resources to play, like, one of those games. And it was always the other ones. So, um, yeah, that's just how I that's just how I feel about Assassin's Creed. I'm sure that the games are fantastic. I know that they have historically been, you know, reviewed and highly praised as good games, but I never yeah. really got into it. But this one does look amazing. The engine that they're running on, the city it does look insane. The city looks so fucking good. Like it actually just looks and when they zoomed out and you saw it was like it's your world. And they they said the guy's name, I forget his name was. But when they zoomed out and showed the entire city that I guess is like your open playground. It just mm-hmm. looked so developed, and it, it was living and breathing without you, which I love. So, um, yeah, it does look really good. Uh, Grand Blue Fantasy Relink looks cool. I like that Grand looks Blue. So good to me, bro. Yeah, I was staring I like, at it like, is this a Tales game? Is this uh, uh what's that game called? The Gotcha game that Genshin Impact? I couldn't tell yeah. if it was Genshin Impact or a Tales game. It looked so good though. So Grand Blue is a gotcha game in its own right. Uh, uh Grand Blue Fantasy is a phone game. The original one is a phone game. And then there's a fighting game called Grand Blue Fantasy Versus. Um, and now the as far as I can tell, they're making like a real RPG for it. Oh, okay. And I've always liked Grand Blue. Like I like the characters and shit like that. I think it looks cool. There's also an anime, but I haven't seen it. Um, I really like the characters. I've only really played the fighting game, and I think it looks sick. Um, so anyway, yeah, they're making a real RPG as far as I can tell. And I was like, this game looks fucking dope as hell. Yeah, it looks and, really good. Uh, yeah. I, it looks so much like a Tales game to me. And I like Tales games a lot, especially the older ones. So mm-hmm. I don't, maybe I'll give this a try. If, if Gary plays it, cause Gary might play something like this. If he plays it and tells me that it's worth it, I'll play it. Uh, because me and him yeah, didn't have the same. Arrow probably like, play it. Yeah. Well, he knows, he knows my taste in things like Gary is. Cool. 
I don't know if it's coming out on PC. He'll play it because, as far as I know, Gary doesn't have a PS5. Um, right. And he can't use yours because he's going to want... he For Gary to play, it needs to be a hacked PS5. It does need to be a hacked one, and I'm not, <laughs> I'm not letting him do that to mine. <laughs> not yet, anyway. But, uh, yeah, no, the game looks sick. Um, I want to just real quick say, when when they got to the VR section of the showcase, I was yeah. fucking... I wanted to go to sleep. Hard pass. That, that VR section, I was like, dude, I do Hard not care. Pass. The I first don't game know they showed, play VR games still. I don't know a single person. When they showed the first game, and I was like, what is this? Like, instantly, I was like, oh, is this a zombie game? And then it kept going. I was like, is this Resident Evil? And then I was like, oh, my God. Is this Resident, Resident Evil? Evil 4 and VR? I was like, I don't care. Yeah. Like, I like Resident And then Arizona Sunshine. Like, how are you going to? Okay. How are you going to? First show Resident Evil 4, right? Which is a great game. I don't really care about the VR mode, but how are you going to show like the premier zombie game and then show Arizona Sunshine 2, <laughs> which is like some shit zombie game? Like, yes. how are you going to show the premier zombie game and then go, oh, here's another zombie game? Like, who the fuck cares? And why is v- virtual reality so obsessed with zombie games? I've noticed that so many virtual reality games yeah. are obsessed with po- post apocalyptic worlds. I, and- dude. As soon as the VR section started, I was like, oh, it's going to be a zombie game. Like, I just fucking, yeah. and then it was Resident Evil. It like, started to become a little bit of a stereotype, I feel like, where virtual reality just equals another chance for you to be in a post-apocalyptic world where things are supposed to jump out and scare you. Because I guess they figure that's how you'll feel it's real when you jump yeah, yeah, in real yeah, life yeah. from something that seemed close to you because of the headset. Yeah, uh, it's whack. But I'm not. But there's some whatever here. And then, uh, just real quick, I never played Destiny, but I thought that trailer for Destiny 2, the final shape, whatever, I guess that's the next update. Yeah. I thought that looked fucking awesome. I don't know anything about Destiny, but I thought that looked fucking awesome. Yeah, it's just it's um, a shooting game that's very popular. Uh, that's really all I know about it as well, but it did look good. I think I honestly was asleep during the Grand... I did not know there was a Gran Turismo movie trailer. I think I might have fell asleep at that part. <laughs> yeah. I, I completely missed that. Uh... <laughs> I'm not. I don't even watch Fast and the Furious. Like I've never seen a Fast and the Furious movie, so I'm not about to go see uh, Grand Turismo. I'm just not. Nah, I'm not, not going to lie, lie to myself. I'm not going to pretend. Maybe if we do like a bad movie night and this movie gets like a 28 on Rotten Tomatoes, that'd be great because then that would give me incentive to watch it. But if it does yeah, like middle, yeah. if it's like if it gets like a 60 or 70, which means like it's yeah, okay, if it's an okay movie. I'm not it's watching like, it. Fuck you. Yeah, no, yeah, I'll pass. Yeah. Like, it needs to be horrible or actually just good, and that's the only like two options yeah no no in between it reminds me of we have a a podcast episode called um like i want it to be terrible or something like that but i just want to talk about the parts yeah i just wanted to have no good parts when we're talking about the (laughs) one piece netflix show because it's like i already know it's not going to be great i i I want it to be great it won't be i want it to be great but i already know it's not going to be great but i really don't want it to be middling i want it to be just be absolutely fucking horrible so we can all watch as a group yes that way you can at least die laughing like yeah, I want it to at least laugh. Garbaggio. I don't want it to be like, oh, well, they did that kind of well, didn't they? Like, no. I want yeah, it to I be, give it. I don't want to give it any excuses. Yeah, I want it to be unapologetically bad. Did you hear though that Oda is not giving his consent on them actually releasing it until it is exactly how he likes it? Interesting. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. So I've heard that until it is good enough for him, it will not come out. And I'm hoping that that's true, and not just some like internet drivel. Because I just feel like. Basically, he's such a busy man, and he also lives in another country. Like, yes. I just can't imagine, like, at the end of the day, I don't know. Then I just can't imagine R. Long's going to look good yeah. if he's even in it. Maybe, the, but I'm just hoping that the licensing agreement that they have with Oda or whoever owns the rights to One Piece, I'm hoping that they are being very serious in the negotiations when they were like, okay, we can, you can do this, but it has to be like to our standard. 
And when they presented the first 10 episodes or whatever, and it was just like trash, he's like, oh, well, no. Hmm. Like, I don't yeah. care how much you spent on this already. I don't care what you did. Like, the answer is no. You got to go back to the drawing board and redo this. Like, this is not good. This does not capture the essence of my manga. I hope. But uh, you want to move on to Sony's next Foam Stars uh, example? Yes. So one of the biggest things that came out, and I actually called this years ago on this podcast. You did? Um, literally, I said to Kenny, and like, this is, again, it's not like some crazy take or anything, but years years ago, we were almost two years in. So over, over a year ago, I remember saying to myself that the natural progression to me in next-gen consoles is going to be them all having a Switch. Like, every next-gen console is eventually going to have some kind of system that you can dock, and it has better graphics and all this other stuff, and it's compatible with the games that are on the full version of the console. Um, and that's that's what Sony announced at this PlayStation State of Play. They literally have copied the Switch, and they've made their own version of it. It looks like a Switch. It has basically two Joy-Con things on the left and the right. It has an 8-inch screen. Um, and they said that you can stream your games from your PS5 and it has all the compat like it has all the stuff that your controller can do when you're playing a PS5, you know, with a regular monitor. You can do all of that stuff when you are playing it in its, you know, uh, mobile mode. But it is literally a Switch. It is literally a PlayStation version of the Switch. I knew this was coming. I didn't know how fast. But as soon as the floodgates open with that, what, what was that system? The Steam Deck? Steam Deck. Yeah, so as soon Steam as deck. the floodgates open with the Steam Deck, I knew it was only a matter of time before every gaming developer makes their own version apparently there's also asus is making their own switch as well uh i think it might already be like out this year or something like that but yeah asus also has one they all love to try to dunk on and talk shit on nintendo and then at every goddamn turn when nintendo innovates something they're like yeah it's a fucking i want to say they suck but i'm gonna do it too yeah so that's what's happening they actually show god of war being played on it they show i think like other other really powerful games being run on this mobile game uh system and yeah it's i mean it looks it looks like a switch with just pl- a playstation 5's controller split apart and put on the sides of it that's instead of joy cons just imagine a switch yeah. and just put two like cut a playstation 5 controller in half and put it on the sides and that's what it looks like um and i don't really have much else to say because they didn't have they didn't say much else about it either they just kind of announced that we're copying the switch and that was it yeah i gotta see more i mean here's the thing i fucking love the switch i think it's like the most convenient thing ever yeah. i'm interested to see because there's little things that i think people like if it's just a streaming device like if you just stream your ps5 to it or whatever i don't know but yeah that's not i gotta really... see the full capabilities of it because that's like not even the switch that's the wii u yes um, i was thinking the same thing like if this doesn't have its own games that you can just play on this device and then dock it and it will just like the resolution the thing. will go up. Like, there's little things that I think people aren't thinking about. Like one thing is we talked about this. I don't remember what episode, but when Fraser's electric went out and he was playing the switch and his electric went out and nothing happened because the, it, like the switch just thinks it got undocked. Right. That's not going to really happen if it's just like uh like, I don't know if it's just like a separate yeah. device that you like, can I was turn fully on playing Monster Hunter and all the power went out in my apartment and the light, you know how when you de-dock your switch, the light comes on on the screen. So the only light in my room, because everything cut off, air conditioning, everything, everything cut off. And the only thing that was um, lit up in my room was my switch and in the dock. And I was yeah, like, yeah. oh, shit, that's kind of cool. Like, I'm still fighting Rathalos now. Granted, I have to hurry up and grab it out of the dock, but I'm fully still playing Monster Hunter. Yeah, you didn't uh, lose your save or anything like that. Yeah, like I didn't lose out on the plate or Ruby or Sky Emerald that I was going to carve or whatever. Like everything was fine. And I thought that that was really cool. Like I still have access to the system for a couple hours and hopefully power will be restored by then. But yeah, I, I don't 
I don't really know. Like, like you said, there's a lot of little things that the Switch does. And the fact that the Switch, the games made for Switch are made for the Switch. Like they're not made for the PS5 and then kind of made to stream onto this other system. It's not like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I'm interested. Like I said, one day I'm going to get a PS5, especially when the next, like if the next Kingdom Hearts gets announced at some point, like I'm going to like that's that for me is like when I have to buy the console. Yeah, Um, I guess I consider that. But that is a way that they can sell a lot of consoles. Kingdom Hearts is notoriously it starts off on like PlayStation and stuff. Yeah. When that uh, happens, it's like, well, I got to buy. Yeah. But but until then, anyway, I'm going to get a PS5. And then if the if it looks good, because I like the switch. So if they have a good switch like thing i'll probably get it yeah. um but but if it requires you to have a ps5 already that's ass yeah like that yeah. is ass. i don't know how i feel about that unless this thing is not expensive like oh it's, it's so- going to be expensive i know it's, it's going to be it's going to be like 500 yeah it's sony but i'm just in my head i'm thinking to myself do you really think you're going to get a ton of people to drop 600 on a big console and then drop another 500 on this like i don't even know like this miniature version of it I I just don't I don't know I don't see that it it could be as a it could be as bad as the PlayStation 3's launch in my head because right now people don't have uh as much disposable income as they once had that is a fact mm-hmm. people are are pulling back spending it's actually one of the problems with the economy right now is that a lot of people are saving their money and whenever people do not spend their money the economy does not do well so I don't know if right now is the time to release an expensive ass add-on to an expensive ass gaming console is what I'm saying yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, again, it all depends on what it does, how well it does it, uh, and if games are going to be developed specifically for it and not necessarily like, oh, I I have got to wear Ragnarok and I can play that on the go, I guess, which is, that's cool. Don't get me wrong, that is a cool thing, but then you need like, don't you need an internet connection and all that stuff for that at that point? Like That's, that's the thing, like, I do wonder, and you know, we'll find out eventually, but I do wonder, like, if I go, if I'm on my way to work and I'm in my Uber, can I use this system or do I need to be able to be tethered to my ps5 in some way yeah. if i can't take this like if it's just tethered to my household like what the fuck good is it yeah like that's the thing i the idea of a handheld device that i can only use in my home is a farce yeah yeah like, what the like fuck that is that, is that is ridiculous that is actually just, like if i can't take it on a flight oh because i fly a lot if i can't take it on a flight then like no <laughs> so i don't know that's that's where i'm we'll at see. with this but they also then, some, uh, Air, some airpods just real quick and yeah. I don't know. That was, yeah. Well, I got trolled by this last game. This last game's hype as fuck. But yes. I'm going to, before I say what the act, what the game actually is, I'm going to tell you what I thought it was. I thought it was a Craven game. The game starts off and they're like hunting and shit. And I was like, holy shit. I was like, are they making like a, a full on Craven game where like you hunt superheroes? Like, yeah. God damn, that's fucking awesome. And then it was still an awesome game, but just not what I thought I was getting. Yeah, this then game it was, was fucking crazy. It was Spider-Man 2. And it, Look, it's still I'm only like it only sounds like I'm disappointed because I thought I was getting something else. But I'm but Spider-Man 2, every like this game looks fucking sick as hell. And the fact that you can switch between Peter and Miles is absolutely awesome. And they got the symbiote suit and all this fucking cool yeah, shit. Like, it's Spider-Man. Be- I was like, is it though? Like you guys have to know that something is off, right? Like the characters yeah. they start yelling out, oh, it's Spider-Man. I'm like, that doesn't look like regular Spider-Man. I'll be scared of him if he was in all black and had tentacles coming out. But go off. Yeah, there's 
There that that game's going to be sick. The Spider Man game and that Miles Morales game, which I think was like a DLC or something. I don't know. I don't. From what I heard, it wasn't a full game. I didn't get to play it. Yeah. Um. I think it was only like six hours or something. I don't know. But both of those games are fucking top notch games. I know Ant was streaming the first Spider Man game, and he literally went to his neighborhood in Brooklyn. Oh yeah. In the Spider Man game, and like it was like obviously it wasn't perfect, but it was literally his neighborhood. Like That's he could navigate wild. it. Like he could navigate his Brook like Brooklyn in that that's game. Really and I was like, cool. that's fucking sick as hell. Yeah, that's actually amazing. Uh yeah, this game looks really cool. The fact that you can switch between the two characters is really dope. Um, the fact that one of them has the symbiote suit is wild. And then mm. Miles has all this advanced technology shit going on where he like electrocuted a bunch of guys, then he did this uppercut and slammed the guy into a ground with all this electricity. I was like, I don't know what the fuck is going on, but this looks insane. Yeah, that game looks clean. That game looks really, really. And that fun. is an exclusive. That is an actual PlayStation. Oh, yeah, exclusive, yeah. So yeah, the last two Spider-Man games have been exclusive to the PlayStation. They're not anywhere else. Like I think they're made. They're they're made by Sony, or at the very. I think they're made by Insomniac, but I think Sony is a like the actual Sony studio is a gigantic partner in the development of those Spider-Man games. Yeah, and also Sony owns Spider-Man in general, don't they? Because uh, the Marvel I, movies, Sony, yeah, Sony just owns Spider-Man. That's Sony true. owns Spider-Man, yeah. and they're not giving yeah. it away because they yeah, they're like, not giving. <laughs> it's a fucking cash. <laughs> That's right. Sony just owns Spider-Man. Yeah, Sony so. actually. Like I'm thinking about it. Like wait a second, Kenny. We know this. Like Sony yeah. actually just owns Spider-Man. They just fucking uh, own that guy. <laughs> Like, so, out of all uh, the Marvel characters they can have, they just have the best one. Like, they have... They, they really do. They like, have the how one. They get, how do they get the one that makes the most money? Like, how do yeah. they get that one? It'd be like if somebody, some other company owned Batman. Like, just yeah. Batman. Like, they don't own <laughs> Superman. They don't own, like, The Flash. They own Batman. Like, just imagine Batman like, being owned by an outside fuck? company. Like, not DC, but, like, Batman's owned by someone else. So, yeah, Marvel does, yeah, Marvel does not Nickelodeon own... owns Batman. Yes, something like that. It's kind of funny. <laughs> But yeah, Spider-Man is owned by Sony. So yes, this will be a PlayStation exclusive, just like the first one was. Uh, I don't know when this comes out, but I remember the first one was nominated for Game of the Year. It was Red Dead Redemption. I believe Fortnite, uh, God of War, Monster Hunter World, and uh, yeah, Spider-Man was in that like in that conversation. And I remember yeah. everyone thought like, oh, Red Dead Redemption or or God of War, and then it ended up being God of War that won that year, and then I was, I wanted Monster Hunter World, because at the time, I hated that God of War game. I was like, this fucking game is terrible. Uh, <laughs> little did I know that if you put the difficulty all the way up, then yeah. I mean, at the same time, though, like, I mean, I haven't played Monster Hunter World, but I mean, I already know it's a great game. Yeah. Like, I still think that's a good game to be in competition that's for a God of War. For, like, yes. Like, that is a feat in itself. To be in competition with that first Spider-Man game, which apparently is amazing. Like, it's actually yeah. just one of the best games. To be in competition with that, Red Dead Redemption 2, from what I understand, people who like that game, like, it's like a Grand Theft Auto, but Western. Oh, that makes sense. Capcom was like, you know what? The next Monster Hunter game, you're going to be able to be Spider-Man. Yeah. <laughs> yes look at like, they're like fuck that we're not losing any more categories right <laughs> the next one we're going to be kratos like we're just going to be super strength with two claws on your on your arms that you can tether on the shit but uh yeah i i'm excited for that spider-man game i actually might just play it and just say screw it even though i didn't play the first one because it looks like you don't really need to play yeah you don't else. you could probably just play you, it independently. you can just play it yeah yeah so that, I, I need reasons to, to touch my ps5 i don't know when it's coming out though i don't recall if they said in the trailer what the release date for Spider-Man is. Um, let me see. Yeah, I don't know what they said it. either, but the game looks really good. Like, when I do get a PS5, I will have game. Like, I'm not going to be in a game drought. Like, I'll have games to play. I'll have FF16. I'll have Spider-Man. Yeah. I'll have eventually God Kingdom of Hearts War. Out, hopefully. Eventually Kingdom Hearts. Like, there's definitely games to play on it. Yeah. I just, 
Right now, I'm not pressed to get it. Oh, okay, here's the end of the trailer. So, be greater together. And then it just says fall 2023. It's coming out this year. And the fall means that it will probably be coming out before the award. So, it probably will be in the conversation of Game of the Year, just like God of War was, even though it's coming out like the week of the awards or whatever, which is kind of annoying. I, I, um, I think that's so stupid. Yeah. It, could, it thing. could come out in August, which is also fall. I think, yeah, you know, yeah. I guess September is fall officially. It could come out in September, which is fine. Um, but like, yeah, I, I agree with you. Like, it's kind of stupid if it comes out in November and the game awards are in November. It's like, bro. When the first, hold on. I actually feel like PS4, right? You know what? It might come out in September. Because when you said September, something dawned on me and I was like, I think the first Spider-Man came out in September. So I just looked it up. Yes, the first PS4 Spider-Man came out September 7th. Okay, so they're going for that same date probably. They, they might actually go for September to like, yeah. I don't know, just to do that. And to give it more time. I feel like it, you just need more time to digest it. I just felt very strange about God of War being nominated for Game of the Year and it was out for literally, not, not exaggerating, it was out for a week. I think it's yeah, it's weird too because like you're nominating game for game of the year and like the game wasn't out all year. Half half of the game is still spoilers for people. Yes, like you know what I mean. Like people haven't beaten the game yet. Yeah, people have to go to work and shit. Like, and I think that gives it an unfair on two ways. It makes it unfair either on one end because it's like first week hype it could end up just winning because it's first week hype or on the other end you end up shafting it from winning because not enough people had a chance to enjoy the game yet and so you shafted from a chance of actually winning both things are possible yeah and i would feel the same way if any game came out a week before the game awards i don't care what it is and how much i like it i would still be like even if i beat it i would be like well that's just still ridiculous right so uh but yeah spider-man hopefully comes out september gives it a couple months before it's up in the conversation i know it it will be one of the nominations just because the first one I know was this one is yeah. probably just going to improve on that system and make it better. Um, yeah. So we could add that to it. So like right now I have in my little list, it's tears of the king was probably number one easy just because that is a award show darling. And then you yeah. have uh final fantasy is another award show darling. And then you have Spider-Man and dragon's dogma. If that game is actually going to be good and it does look like it is, uh, that yeah. would probably be in the conversation as well. I see, honestly, most years I feel like, the games up for game of the year are like whatever. If this year's like if it's fucking Zelda, Final Fantasy, Spider Man, Dragon, like that's a fucking lineup. Yes. And that's, like, Dragon's and that's Dogma, not even all like, of them, but yes, yeah, like that's already a fucking that is a lineup. Because last year I felt like it was literally just Elden Ring and um uh what was it God of War? God of War, yeah. But like, and, and both of us didn't even think God of War should be there. Yes, and the other games I just it was too new. For. The other, the other games I just felt bad for because I was like, yeah. even if I played these games and like these games, I just know they don't stand a chance against blockbusters like like not Elden Ring close. and fucking God of War, right? Like you're not, yeah. Like like the is an indie game is just not beating Zelda. Like, I'm sorry to say, but like nah. I don't care how good it is, but like the, an indie game is just not beating the lore of Zelda, right? It's like and the, and the game is like it's not like it's just a Zelda game. The Zelda games are good. Like these Breath of the Wild and um, Tears of the Kingdom are actually good Zelda games. They're not like you know. Skyward Sword or whatever. Yeah, so. no, it's. I mean, Tears of the Kingdom might be the best Zelda game. So it might, it might be the best. Zelda game. It, it might, might be just the best. actually be the best. One. It might like, be the best period. one ever. Yeah, I mean, I don't have it as the best one. I've said this for years, but Breath of the Wild, I thought was arguably the best Zelda game. Like, yeah. I fucking loved Breath of the Wild, but there was little. There was little parts of it that restricted me from saying like it is definitively the best. Yeah. I, one week in the Tears of the Kingdom, I was like, this is the best out this is probably yeah, it's probably the one because yeah, i was like what it's literally your... breath of the wild plus 100 like it's insane yeah they just improved upon it right yeah yeah that's how i feel about monster Hunter world to monster Hunter rise i'm like well this is just the best monster Hunter game like objectively yeah. even if i don't necessarily like even if i liked other monster Hunter games 
more for whatever reason for yeah, for whatever yeah, like yeah. personal biases I might have, right? I'm like, well, objectively though, if I look at everything and I and if I create a real rubric, like uh you go on like graphics, uh mobility, uh monster like monster AI, uh difficulty, um uh style with weapon design and like armor design. Yeah, if, yeah, I, if, yeah. I, if I make an actual rubric and then we assign points to everything, I'm like, well, it would just win if I'm not being and like if it's not your favorite, because some can be some can be your favorite and also you can also know it's not the best. Correct. And and so that's how I feel. Like I was to ask you like quickly, uh, what what is your favorite Zelda game, you think? So if we're not talking about like Breath of the Wild or Tears of the Kingdom, it would be Majora's Mask. Okay. Um I think Majora's Mask and e- even still over Tears of the Kingdom and honestly, basically over every game, period. Uh, I think Majora's Mask has pretty much like the best side quest. Um just and but it has the advantage of the reason why its side quests are so good and its NPCs are so good is because the game is a three-day cycle and every minute of the game is mapped to every single NPC <laughs> yeah. doing something every single minute of the game. Yep. They have schedules, they have places to go, things they're doing, like people they need to meet. And so the game is the most living, breathing game of any game you've played because like every npc has something to do and it's really fucking cool i would love to see a majora's mask like level of detail on its npcs put on like a bigger game but and it's overall the feel the theming of that game is just like i just think it's fucking great it's like my favorite that wind waker like top five would be like majora's mask wind waker um probably a link to the past uh ocarina of time and then like i don't know um I don't know it, it's t- maybe Twilight Princess or yeah. like that. It's all hard to say, but that list is now. But now it's Tears of the Kingdom, Majora's Mask, Wind Waker, like A Link to the Past, Ocarina of Time, like yeah. whatever, I mean, whatever. That's that's an insane. That's an insane list. So yeah, like it's yeah that it's insane. Like Tears of the Kingdom, I do think is the fit, and Breath of the Wild is still a weird one because I think Breath of the Wild is better than almost every other Zelda game sans Tears of the Kingdom, but. Especially now that Tears of the Kingdom is out, it feels like it's the hardest game to go back and replay because it is the only game in the series that I feel like is directly upgraded. So whereas I think Breath of the Wild is better than Ocarina of Time. I could play, I can go back and play Ocarina of Time sooner than Breath of the Wild because there's no game that strictly upgrades Ocarina of Time, whereas like Tears of the Kingdom is just... Yeah, I mean, it's a strict upgrade on the fucking franchise. So yeah, I was <laughs> gonna ask you uh, a question about Tears of the Kingdom. I don't know if I, I'm gonna just ask on the podcast now, and then you let me know if like you know about this or whatever. But I was wondering, so you know how there's like Nehru, Din, and uh, Feyre and everything. Mm-hmm. Ferori, I don't know how you say their name, but Ferori. I, when I was a kid, I, I said the names how I read. Them, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. As a ch- like I play Ocarina of Time, and in the beginning, I'll tell you what. The only name I ever, the only name I know I said right was Din. The yes. other two, the other two, yeah. bro. <laughs> like I, I say, Nehru's love. I say Ferrari's wind, and I say Din's fire. That like that's what I would say as a kid. Me and my best friend, we agreed that that's what we we're gonna say. Um, but like, yeah. So I call it Ferrari's wind, Nehru's love, Din's fire. But I, I was looking at uh, like Tears of Kingdom. I've seen a lot of stuff from it so far, and I noticed that Link is controlling everything like this green energy. Mm-hmm. And I was wondering if that had anything to do with that goddess, like the goddess Ferrari or whatever. No, no, the the green energy is like that's like Zonai stuff. Oh, okay, um, the, the, the clan that's like alluded to a lot in Breath of the Wild. Yeah, but they're okay. like they're they're alluded to, but they're like almost not even there, but they're alluded to. But yeah, the Zonai stuff is the green energy. What's super interesting about Din Ferrari, Ferrari, whatever the fuck his whatever name is, and 
and Nehru, the three goddesses, they're the three goddesses that in the lure of Zelda yes. created the Triforce. Um, yeah, like for and, like courage, I think like that's it's like the yeah. right side of the Triforce and all that. Yeah, courage, wisdom, and uh, power. So they created the Triforce, and everything. what's so interesting though is that the Triforce itself, the the idea of it, and those three goddesses, at least where I'm at in Tears of the Kingdom and through all of Breath of the Wild, are not talked about at all. Like oh, wow. the Triforce, the Triforce isn't talked about at all in Breath of the Wild. And oh wow, and I've still I've done a lot of story in Tears of the Kingdom, and I haven't even heard that much. I haven't really heard anything about the Triforce in Tears of the Kingdom. Yeah. But something that's super interesting is that in Breath of the Wild, there's these three dragons, uh, Dinral, Farouche, and um, Nadra. And there's these... Th- <laughs> All, there's right, these- All right, All right. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. <laughs> listen, listen. The dragons do nothing in the story. It's so fucking interesting because they're that there. Is- and like, there's these three dragons. But in the story, they don't do anything. That's wild. And- there's their names hint. though are so blatant. Yes. Their names are blatant and like they're like the most mystical shit ever. When they when they're in the presence of you, the music completely changes to like last airbender music. It sounds so cool. Oh wow. And then um in Tears of the Kingdom though, still where I'm at, I don't have any real story re- relevance to these three dragons, but I kind of do. There's a hint and it depends on what I read into that hint. I don't yeah. know. I, I got to see more, but the game is amazing. Well, those the, names are completely inspired and, by those three goddesses that are like yeah. the cornerstone of every Zelda game ever, basically. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm fucking hyped. I'm hyped. Every time I play that game, that's all I do. All I do is play that fucking game. And yeah. like, I try to do my responsibilities. <laughs> I mean, you, we're getting through it, though. You watch this hour and 15 minute PlayStation showcase. Um, I did. You know, next week. Well, next week we got to figure something out, but we're we're doing it. Like we're still managing to. Yeah, uh, we got some ideas. I mean, I still I still want to do the Matrix movies, but I want us all to watch those together. Yes, um, I actually. Wanna, hopefully, maybe th- this Sunday. This this week we can do that uh, for sure because I don't have plans this weekend. As far as like like I I have plans Saturday, but Sunday I'm free. So Saturday I'm going to like a vintage clothing flea market type thing where you go buy like vintage clothing um it's just like a bunch of vendors selling like old t-shirts and old like uh pants stuff like that and i like doing that stuff once a year it's it's out in uh, oaks pa it's like a big convention center and so i'm I'm doing that with jaylen uh you know jaylen i'm doing that with him and so that's saturday and then i only take like a couple hours of the day and then we'll probably go out to eat and then that'll be the end of that day for me speaking of clothes i want to see fraser get this fit on instagram this fucking clive fit I, I could see you Instagram and that. Fit. I could 100% do a look inspired by Clive from uh, Final Fantasy 16. <laughs> Speaking of which, though, so we have a Patreon exclusive for the month of May. So we're going to be recording that this week and dropping it very soon. And I'm pretty sure of the topic, I already told Kenny, like the one I wanted to do because it was suggested by Dallas Bailey, who's a longtime patron of ours. Shout out to Dallas Bailey. But he asked me to do like uh, just talk about, you know, fashion clothes and stuff like that. And I finally feel like. I have something to say like about like I always have something to say about clothes. It's such a big part of my life and a a big part of Mm -hmm. who I am and like things that I love. But now I feel enthusiastic about talking about it. Like before, I always felt like with this podcast at the very beginning, people even like Dale was asking, oh, you should do fashion because like you're a fashion guy. Clearly, like on your Instagram and stuff, like everybody knows you like you're a fashion guy. But when we were first starting up the podcast, I wanted to establish that like we got to get all the the big nerd stuff down first and clothes are not that. And so finally yeah, yeah. now I'm like, okay, we get, we're at hundred. This is the 150th episode right now, not including all the exclusive episodes on Patreon. So like, we're like 170 plus episodes in or some shit like that. And, yeah. um, and I'm like, you know, I finally feel like I want to talk about like just clothes and fashion and stuff like that. And not only how 
I see it, but also just what's happening in the world of fashion and how trends have changed. Cause like we're back to baggy now and we've been back to baggy for like over a year. Uh, skinny, like, tight clothes are basically out, especially tight pants, like tight pants mm. are done. Um, your pants. I told you, I was just, I was just the head of the curve. That's all. My dad, every, every, like, I, I don't know, 20 years, my dad is basically all his wardrobe becomes alive again because mm-hmm. he, he never stops wearing baggy clothes ever. He just always wears baggy clothes, but like, obviously he looked crazy in the jerk era, like 2009 to, to basically right. like two years ago. Whenever I need skinny my, I want my balls to breathe. All right. Yeah. Yo- Y'all suffocate in your balls, man. Let them free. Everything has come full circle. You know, it only took uh, over a decade, but everything has come full circle. So everyone's wearing baggy pants. All my pants are baggy. I hate wearing anything skinny. I have all my skinny clothes in a closet. And uh, yeah, so it's a lot to talk about. And I'm really excited to talk about that. So we'll be dropping that episode for Patreon exclusively very soon. Uh, what else is there? Oh, so June will be the month that I'll officially be doing the first I'm Their podcast tournament and the first 24 hour stream. And it's perfect because I actually want to do the 24 hour stream when Final Fantasy 15 or 16 comes out. So 16 comes out June 22nd. Let me just see exactly what date. I'm going to take a week off of work and it's also going to lead to the 4th of July. So it's perfect, right? Because the 22nd is a Thursday. So it's coming out on a Thursday. So I'll take off from like that Thursday to like the next Thursday or something. I'll figure it out with, with my job and everything. Yeah, but you're going to be playing it Wednesday night. Yes, I'm going to be playing it Wednesday night. Uh, and then going into Thursday and then that whole weekend. So at some point, maybe that Friday, like the 23rd, the 23rd, I'll probably be doing a 24 hour stream. Uh, that means you might have to take off from work Wednesday. Yes. Because, yeah. Because if you're going to be streaming, if you're going to do a 24 hour stream, let's just say starting at 1150 Wednesday night for midnight release Thursday. And then like if you were already up at work all day on Wednesday, yeah. that might be tough. So, no, what I was planning to do, the 24 hour stream was starting on a Friday and going to Saturday. I oh yeah so i would already have been off work for that thursday and I'll okay already... so you're going to just play it when it comes out stop the stream or whatever blah 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 but and then you're going to come back and you're going to stream because yes, the 24 you. hour stream is not going to be just final fantasy uh i'm going to be playing dueling book i'm going to have guests on like stango like you at some point can drop in um whoever wants to be like you know and part of the conversation or whatever and then it'll be like oh people want to play smash too and i want to play smash as well so I've seen you on your channel on Twitch. Uh, you've had before you used to do like Thursday night fighting games and you would just yeah, have like people... I fucking work on Thursday. Yes. And so anyway, you used to have people play like Thursday. smash with you and stuff. And I want to do that same thing where like people who are watching the stream can join in the lobby. I don't even know how that stuff works, but they can like come yeah, to the lobby and play Thursday night throw down. It's awesome. We used to do like Dragon Ball fighters and smash and we, uh, yeah, you just open a lobby, like a bunch of people can join the lobby. And then and for Smash, it like rotates. And uh, what I would tend to do is I'd play for the first hour or two, and I would just sit on the bleachers and I would just let everybody else play and I would yep. just hang out and, and like, I would just, they would just rock. Because I'm going to be not bored, but I'm going to need constant content to stay alert for 24 hours straight, right? Like I'm going to need constant stimulation. So it'll be fun though. Like the good thing is, Stingo yeah. and you are both people who are very nocturnal. You guys stay up very late. And, uh, so I'll have that. And yeah, yeah, the only thing that sucks is just because for most of the hours of those days, I'm at work. Yes. But uh, I'll try to, I'm going to try to drop in where I can. Yeah, just, yeah, just a few hours or whatever, you know, just say hello and, and talk with me, rant with me. Like we, we got a rant for the people, Um, but it'll be yeah. fun. So that is, that is officially scheduled, let's say for June 23rd, unless something changes, but that should be when. I am doing the 24 hour stream. So that's, that's my goal is like start. It will start Friday morning because I ideally want to end it Saturday morning. I do not want to start at night and then go into the next night. I, I in my head, mm. I want to start like, I want to wake up, start streaming 
and then like go into the whole day and then go into like the morning of the next day like that like that's kind of yeah 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 Um, yeah but we did uh i did a 24-hour stream when smash ultimate came out and so that that was like starting at midnight and then uh, also it ended up being like a 27-hour stream um yeah we went fucking nuts and then yeah so then it's like 3 a.m when we when i finally end the stream and then i'm just like all right i gotta go die all right i'm ordering something um that i'm hoping will get here in time we will see but mm. uh I'm, i want to order something very funny for the stream that i think people will enjoy it'll be like a, a minor cosplay and i i hope it gets here before before the 23rd so i'm going to order it now and I promise you, so that there'll be like a goal, like some kind of stream goal or something, where it's like, if we get this many subscribers, I will do this cosplay. And I imagine it would be fucking hilarious if I, um, I want to send Kenny a screenshot of what I'm thinking. So I want to see, I want All you right. to see this. Did this you ever a- see, did you, <laughs> this is a fucking, did you, ever, did you ever see ants cosplay? No, I don't even know. But I want oh this my so, God. Oh, I want this so bad. That shit is going to be hilarious. Like it's going to be. Fucking hilarious! Oh, Before you see. Before we it? end, oh, I'm about to look at this. Let's see. Oh, it's so bad. See, you need oh. to stop. All right, yes. you, oh, you, need to, <laughs> you need to fucking absolutely so stop. bad. I cannot. Before wait. Before we leave, I want to show. I want to show Fraser and also did a cosplay for, but this was for Christmas. Um, not Christmas. I'm sorry. This is for Halloween. Uh, on Critical Hit Plus. And I'm gonna send it to Fraser before I say what it is. Um, so you can click that link. All right, let me see. I'm clicking it now. Oh my god, that's actually insane. He actually like that looks really cool. I recognize it immediately. That's actually amazing. And yeah, creep, so, like low key creepy, but also amazing. He cosplayed as Tingle. He has a full green jumpsuit on with the red panties. He's got the pointed hat, but he also has like Kanye glasses on. I wonder. <laughs> Like, was he able to just order this costume straight up? Nah, he, I think he, like, basically made, like, those green tights he just made, like, okay, no, so the headpiece, so the head's pointed, he was in so much pain, he said, because he actually ended up wearing this to work, like, through the New York City subway and everything, because, like, they had a Halloween costume thing at work, so he wore this to work, so anyway, he literally made, like, handmade, like, a cone to put on the inside of it to Uh, make, like, the pointed head, so he did basically handmade this, I mean, you know, it's a green like suit and like yeah, yeah, yeah. red pants. But like for the for all intents and purposes, he handmade the costume. This is cool. Um, I mean, it's, so I, it's obviously immediately recognizable and very well done. So yeah, so uh, that's awesome. Yes, the cost the cosplay sh- cosplay shit's awesome, man. Yes, it's so cool. I want to do a rant cosplay. Uh, it'll be a low budget cosplay, but it'll still be funny as hell. Like 100%. oh, it's, it's going to be a rant. If what Pe- Fraser showed me is true, it's going to be a rant. Oh, I'll tell you that right now. Fu- people will fucking like. They will love that shit. It's going to be so funny. So, um, yeah, anyways. Uh, anyways. Before we get out of here, let me just give a shout out to everyone on our Patreon. Now, we're over two hours. I didn't realize. So, we got Connie, Austin, Leon, the OGs. We got some more OGs here. Rogue and Tier 2 aren't bad. They just aren't great. And that's my 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 guy, Quest. Uh, Garen Williams, Xavier Swift, Hylian, Dimitri Barnes, Meow, which is also Vinny. Vinny was like... Are, do you know that I'm the guy who changed the name to me? I was like, yeah, I can see your email address. He was like, God damn it. I was hoping you couldn't tell who it was. I was like, no, I literally know it's you. Like, I can literally see right next to your name. It says, like, V. Casello. So he was like, oh, okay. I didn't know if you... He's like, because every time you read it, you always sound so confused. I'm like, well, it is a fucking sound, not a name. 
Yeah, it is definitely a sound. Yeah, it's a blatant sound. But meow question mark. Dominique Roberts, Giovanni Avalos, Alex Flamer, Henri Reynolds, Dub K Dad One, Dan Vrabel, First to Home, Dailies Fernaris, S. Akuma, Mitchell Nals, Midwest Gaming, William Shapiro, Dimitri Safirdis. Also, shout out to uh Midwest Gaming slash Joe Joe Dietrich. I saw him at the Philly YCS on Sunday as they were basically closing up. He stopped over by me and said hello. Uh, always a pleasant time seeing Joe. But uh, yeah, so we got William Shapiro, Dimitri Safiridis, Vince Marquette, Dallas Bailey, Roz Weiss, Nick Stango, Hanzo, our two-time national champion. Ka Chan is a poorly written character, which is actually Vincent Zen. Or, yeah, that is Vincent Zen. Yes, Z. Yes, I can tell that's your by your email address, I'm pretty sure. So Ka Chan is a poorly written character. We're going to have to have you explain that one day. I need you to I need you to go into the anime channel of the I'm There podcast Discord server and like, mm. let us know why you hate Kachan so much because I need to know. Uh, Sarah I need Maria, to know. Uh, Sunny Top Cut Podcast. Oh, okay, that is a different person because this Sunny is spelled S O N N Y, and the Sunny that Stengo was uh, talking about and he played against is S U N N Y. So Sunny Top Cut Podcast, Alex Ahern, Philip Campa, Riley Melfi Slump, Chris Lynn, Wookie One Fifty Nine, Edison Club, Kyle Batelho. I saw him also this weekend. Shout out to Kyle, uh, Brandon Moore, Sugal, Nick, Mister Soltide, Nafa, Corey Fowler, Omar Ramos, Elijah Barfault, Cairo King, Tyler Tadeo, Matt Glenny, Rogan Tier Two are polite. Are the polite terms for bad deck? Duty Booty, Adam Corey, Enraged Peacock, and Leo Bacani. Thank you guys so much Damn. for being patrons. On the Fraser just fucking drove right over. Oh my bad, my bad. I was like, I <laughs> Fraser just drove right. Over. I, I literally, uh, I like my mouth. I went like, I went. You were. <laughs> I put my mouth open and everything. I was about to start talking and he just kept going. I was like, all right, all right. Well, I, I, mean, can, I can edit it out. You could just, you could just do your thing right now. No, no, no. Okay, all right, all right. I'll, 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 I'll let you get next mm-hmm. one. I'll let you get next one. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But yeah, so. We will be doing a Patreon exclusive this week, and that's pretty much uh, that until uh, the next official regular episode. But we hope to catch you next one. As I always say, do the things that make you happy, including, you know, going to a YCS in your own state and hanging out with a bunch of friends that you haven't seen in a while post pandemic and everything, seeing how everyone's doing. And yeah, that's uh, that's really all I got for you guys. Have a good night, everybody. Have a good one. Peace out. Thank you.